This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town Sunspots Comics Podcast Issue 104, covering the new comic books we read that came out on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, April 26th. And this particular podcast is officially guarding the galaxy. Yes, I am your Sun Lord host, Chris Latori, joined by my trusty crime-fighting sidekick, Justin. I am Jables Latori. How's it going, Jables? I am Jables. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what happened hello. to that? <laughs> I like that long hello, remember? Hello! <laughs> hey, yo, and thank you so much for joining us here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we recommend to you an amazing list of fresh new comic books to read every single week. Just never miss an issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast just by subscribing to us, and please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Xbox Live at Sunspots Comics, and check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Lat. And three quick things. If you yourself just want to hear someone talk about new comic books and how much they love them, then this year's Sunspots Comics Podcast is for you. Are you brand new to comics? And maybe you're just not sure what to get? Then this year's Sunspots Comics Podcast is here for you. And last, maybe you've just been reading since the galaxy was formed and you just want to save some money and save some time, then that's what this year Sunspots Comics Podcast is for. Right, Jables? Hell yeah! <laughs> it's very high-pitched. Very good. <laughs> and two thank yous, of course. One to Nick Papa George for making our amazing Sunspots Comics theme song. Please follow him on Facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. Get his awesome song. Have you heard that one, The Power Within You? Do you like it, Jess? Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, I have, like, all his albums, actually. Like, with Solution and all that kind of stuff. It's good stuff. Yes. Hey, Nick, thank you. And, of course, to you, thank you, Justin. Jables, my son, for doing our blog on blog.sunspotscomics.com. And follow him on Instagram. At just sunspots. Yes. J-U-S-T sunspots. And how's that latest blog of the Logan, old man Logan, going? <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's going. Um, Still cooking? Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I have it pretty much done. It's just the uh, I mean, editing process. I'll send it to you pretty soon. And you can be my final editor and whatnot, so... Get it rolling. And right now, it's free comic book time. Are you ready, Justin? Hell yeah! Get ready, folks. Put your... plug, Push your earphones further into your earlobes. Oh, that's probably bad. Just don't even do that. Just uh, listen in. Here we go. We're giving away a free comic book. 
This is Black Panther issue number two, written by acclaimed author Tahanahisi Coates. Also stunning, beautiful art by Brian Stelfreeze. And let me tell you, Wakanda has some problems. I mean, when does it not have some problems? <laughs> <laughs> it's very, his writing style, by the way, is like very deep in the Black Panther, like legacy deep into the Black Panther mythology. So if you like that, if you like a politically complicated story, uh, you know, deep in the lore of Black Panther, this is definitely for you. You're going to love it. So the first one to grab this code and go to marvel.com slash redeem wins this free comic book. All you got to do is grab this code and go there. So are you ready? Here you go. It is code number F is in Frank, C is in Charlie, M is in Mary, E is in Edward, 8, X is in X-Ray, H is in Henry, L is in Larry, J is in Jables, P is in Peter, B is in Brian, 1. That's coming at you super fast now. F-C-M-E-8-X-H-L-J-P-B-1. So grab that code. It's first come, first serve. The first one that gets it wins a free Black Panther issue number two comic book. It's super duper good. And just let us know, of course, that you've won. Tell them, Jables, to do what if they win. Yeah, uh, let us know. Comment on whatever picture because we, we post these or leave a I don't know or leave a review saying you uh, you got it or message one of us personally whatever. Yeah, so especially someone people out there will stop trying to enter the code in you know once yeah. once someone has won and of course just hit us up at Sunspots Comics on the social media or email me Chris at sunspotscomics.com. and also. Just don't forget, follow us on Instagram at Sunspots Comics because I'll just be giving away free comic book codes there as well. So let's jump in. Let's start. Let's do it. Let's go into the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 104, starting out with some stuff floating around in our nerd brains. Yes, it just exploded. That's what that sound is. (laughs) (laughs) First thing up in there, of course, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 coming out this Thursday night. We've got our tickets. Patsy and I are going to see it IMAX 3D style Thursday at 7 o'clock. I can't wait. Guardians of the Galaxy is just all in my brain. I've stayed away and only seen the original teaser trailer, Justin. I'm sure you've seen the whole movie already and all the trailers, right? Surprisingly, no, actually. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. You've just purposely stayed away from it, or there hasn't been much? Because I haven't Um, I mean, there, there's been a couple other trailers, a lot of TV spots that have come out, you know? So, I mean, I don't really tune into cable too much you know most of my stuff streaming and whatnot so um yeah i mean it uh there's been a lot of those i i every once in a while i'll go on imdb and like kind of browse through the, the upcoming trailers and stuff and then like i'll see one and i'm like oh crap like maybe i should watch it <laughs> and sometimes i do most times i do but but the guardians of the galaxy ones there hasn't been too many you know there's been good. the one that that was released in theaters the theatrical but even that was sort of teaser-ish so good good yeah. good well, the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout Ride at Disneyland California Adventure has leaked some information about what we're going to be seeing on the new ride that opens up in late May. And one thing that they've said is that it's going to be it's going to be steeped in a ton of Marvel Easter eggs. So I'm super excited. Yes. I heard about yes. from just art on the wall to certain sort of fixtures and things that are in the whole just visual experience are tons of Marvel Easter eggs along with... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Easter eggs. They're going to be sprinkled in there too. And they even said that the Disneyland staff that works the ride has to sort of stay in character. And there'll be yes. aliens and stuff from different planets and so on. So I'm going to I'm gonna definitely try to get them to be out of character. Like, hey, if I wanted to hire you as this alien from the planet, you know, whatever you are from, like how much would it cost? Just to see if they'll be like, well, uh, it'll be $18 an hour. We'll be like, aha! You broke character! You lose! No, but... uh 
I, that's gonna be cool, right? To see them talk and yeah, and be I, like kind of you know, you're it just enhance the experience, you know, with <laughs> them acting. Yeah, I know that they have like the stormtroopers every once in a while that walk around and stuff like that. So that that just ex- enhances the experience for me as far yes. as Disneyland because I love I love Disneyland. I mean, I don't go as much as I wish I could, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just as knowing that there's Marvel stuff there yeah. now. I mean, even now there's still Marvel stuff there, but like knowing that there's a ride now, like that's right. awesome. Yeah, I mean, I Can't just want to see how the line is, right? Experiencing the whole oh, immersion be- feel there, because they also said that James Gunn, the director of the movies, had uh, a lot of say into the actual look and feel of the whole experience. So it's very much going to carry on his look and feel of the movies. And even the cast, some of the cast uh, were there early on, and they gave some some suggestions, and they were taken. I guess some of them were actually implemented into this experience. And uh, they also leaked out that there's going to be six different ride experiences. So there's what? going to be Drax versus Beast. There's going to be Drones. There's going to be Escape, Anti-Gravity, Abelisk, Attack, and Quill versus Orloni. So there's like six different experiences you're going to have on this. Like a Star Tours type thing? Yes. That's cool. And then six songs that are featured they already released, which are very much in the vein of the entire, how the th- you know thematic, the Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> is, the old 70s stuff. There's going to be a yeah. Jackson 5 song, I Want You Back, Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Benatar, uh, Give Up the Funk by Parliament, Born to Be Wild by Steppenwolf, yes, Burning Love from Elvis Presley and Free Ride from Edgar Winter Group. So they've already released the sound. This, you know, they say just <laughs> listen in because it's just going to be playing in the background to just add a just. It all sounds ultimately it's going to be this super fun, like fully immersive experience, right? Yeah, that's all. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. Late May. Um, so next up, Jables, let's jump into inside your nerd brain. You've got some comic book, movie, and TV news. What do you got? Uh, mostly movies this time. Um, so first up which I thought was awesome, um, is the Kingsman 2, the Golden Circle uh, trailer. I guess it's a teaser trailer. Uh, just debuted not too long ago. It was, it, I, I enjoyed it. There's a lot of, um, I, I would say, I mean, not a lot. There's one part in particular that's pretty spoilerish. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you <laughs> feel about spoiling, spoiler, like spoiling this in particular franchise because I don't know how steep how deep you're into this so it's not marvel you know it's not it's a little different you know um but it was it was a fun trailer it was it had um a a frank sinatra song in the background i I can't remember what it was um oh it was my way yeah my way by by frank sinatra it was was Um, (laughs) (laughs) um they introduce i mean they sort of show the first sign of what they call the statesman Yes. I don't know if you've heard about that. Um, it's basically the U.S.'s version of the Kingsman, right? Which I think is awesome. That I can't wait to see that. You know, Channing Tatum's gonna be in there as one. Jeff Bridges. Um, I mean, it was also. Yeah. I did actually watch the trailer too. I actually saw it like on Instagram as I was oh, scrolling through. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was surprised. I, was, at I thought all I was gonna the, have to. Yeah, I was surprised at all the different actors I didn't know was in it, like Jeff Bridges <laughs> and and Julianne yeah, Moore. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, I'm excited for it. I started actually, um, I watched The Kingsman, the first movie, not too long ago, a couple days ago. And uh, and then I actually, that inspired me to actually pick up The Secret Service, which is the comic book by Mark Miller. Um, I started, I read like the first issue so far. It's a, I don't know, like a six issue miniseries. 
Um, oh, yes. What I remember about that was it, um, it, correct me if I'm wrong, it's been a while, but there's a sequence at the very beginning, which is that they're protecting Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. That, was a, that was a great <laughs> sequence. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Funny. He dies. Yeah. yeah. And what's funny is, is Mark Hamill is actually in the movie. Right. Yeah, he's not playing himself. He's not playing Mark Hamill, but he's playing Dr. Arnold, who was actually yeah. mentioned in the comic book, which I That's thought right. was just nuts. They actually got Mark Hamill, who was mentioned in the comic book, to play a character in the movie. It was <laughs> insane. Um, but yeah, I watched the first movie, and I absolutely love that freaking movie. I remember we actually saw that for your bachelor party. You remember that? Yeah, that's right. We did. Were you too drunk at that point? Oh, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, that was like one of the first stops. We played hockey, and then we watched Kingsman in L.A. Yeah. At the uh, the, the Arclight, right? That was... uh, Yep. Yeah, it was... It was was awesome. I love that movie. That movie is is great. Every time I've watched it, it just gets more and more fun. So that just makes me even more excited to see number two. So I'm, I'm ready for that. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. That's a summer movie, right? It's coming out this summer? It comes out pretty soon. Uh, I'd have to look up the date. I don't have it up here right now. But, uh, yeah, it comes out in a couple months. I think it's June. Excellent. That's good. Uh, yeah. And so uh, the second part of my nerd brain movie review, movie Go news forth, stuff, my son. Um, is Robert Zemeckis is rumored or in talks to direct the new Flash movie. Oh, wow. And, I mean, I don't know how legit this is yet. You know what I mean? I just pulled it up on the news article and I read it. And it it's interesting. It's not anything confirmed or anything. And the Flash movie has been um very infamous for losing directors lately right um so we i don't know how truthful this is or how how much we could actually take off of this article yet um we'll get back to everybody with about that we'll probably announce it again if he does actually get confirmed but he is not confirmed it is just rumors he's in talks um I, i'm pretty sure he's talking to the studio you know if he's talking to, to to warner brothers um but yeah, Robert Zemeckis, the guy wow. who directed Back to the Future, some of my favorite movies of all time, directing a Flash movie, a superhero movie. I that's, am excited. That's pretty intense. I, that's pretty intense. I hope that happens. Me too. I'm, that would be freaking awesome. Yeah, totally. Can you imagine the Flash with the, the flex capacitor on his chest or something? like? <laughs> right? He would get to 88 miles an hour pretty quickly. <laughs> Faster <laughs> than that damn DeLorean, you know? That's what I'm saying. Right. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, so up next is David Fincher is going to direct World War Z 2. Ooh. David Finch Fincher. Or Fincher? David Fincher. David, the guy who directed Fight Club, David Fincher. Okay. Um, who is one of my favorite directors working today. He, he is, he is as far as, a, as, as I'm concerned, because I, I'm an aspiring filmmaker, I'm going to school for it and stuff, um, he is very influential to me. He has, his, his movies are... Um, are, are very, I guess, metaphoric. He got Fight Club, obviously. Um, I, I love everything he does. I've watched, I guess, maybe 90% of his movies. I actually haven't seen his first movie, which is Alien 3. I don't know if you've seen that. You've probably seen it. Yes. I heard that's, like, infamous, and that was his first movie, which is kind of funny. Um, but David Fincher to direct World War Z 2, like, that just makes me a giddy because World War Z one, I read the book. Remember, it was, it was a real good book. Yeah. Um, not the same the movies to the book, but um, so different, right? Very different. Um, but I, David Fincher, I tr- I have a hundred percent trust in this man. You know, All so right. World War Z two is gonna be nuts. I, I'm excited. Brad Pitt's coming back. I think. Pretty oh, sure. he is. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it's gonna be awesome. I'm I'm ready for that. Next is, up, is he in talks or is he a done deal? David. Brad Pitt. David. David Fincher. Um. 
I read that he is a done deal. He is going cool. to direct. Excellent. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I, 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 yeah, he's done deal. Um, because he, it's been rumored for a while now. I, on his, I, on the IMDb page, he's been rumored. Um, I think the rumored is gone now. So I think wow. he is official. Right. He's he signed, awesome. or I don't know if he's signed or if he's like, he's the director they've pinned for it. You know. So we'll see if he stays on. I mean, we still got a lot of time for that. You Fingers know, crossed. Off. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm excited. I, I could, I would love to see that. Um, cool. Next up, next up is I, I think our favorite piece of news is that Sylvester Stallone is in Oops. is being eyed to play the lead role in Starlight, Oops. which is that Mark Miller comic. <laughs> really good Mark Miller comic. <laughs> um, He's perfect cast like casted so perfectly for that. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, obviously for the the role you'd have to get somebody who's older. I mean, obviously, he fits into that. Somebody who's sort of bigger, you know, right. he's, he fits into that. Um, the only people that I could say that might even, like, just be as good as him is Arnie, Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger. He'd Arnie. be pretty good. I like that. Yeah, I like and, um, <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> and then Kurt Russell. I would say Kurt Russell would be oh, a pretty good fit. That would be, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, That's a good you, can, you can dip into that well of old action stars and pretty much pull them all up, you know? Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with Sylvester Stallone. If he, if he lands that role or if he signs with that role, I mean, obviously it's up to him. Um, but that would just be even to just see a Starlight movie. If it was a no-name actor, yes. I would be extremely happy. Um, but the fact that Sylvester Stallone is in talks for this, you know, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy two, by the way, actually. So. Spoiler. I didn't <laughs> um, know that. <laughs> you didn't know that. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> you son of a um, son of a me. Well, you don't know who mine. he's playing. Yeah, that's true. That's sorry. cool. Is there like a director already? Is there other things in place, or are they really just like Starlight? early on? No, yeah, for Starlight, it's it's pretty early. Uh, I looked okay. at the uh, IMDb. All it really has credited is the screenwriter, who I name I forget, and Mark Miller, um, who is you know credited with characters and comic book. So, all right, cool. Any, any yeah. is that it or any more? That, that's it. That's it for movie news. That's all I got. Um, Excellent. <laughs> Good stuff there. Yeah, it was a good week. That's good news. Starlight especially. Man, I, I'm fingers crossed for that. Yes. Yeah, super, super excited. And also on my nerd brain is Image Plus Magazine just came out with issue number 13. Did you glance this over, Justin? Did you check it out? I did not, actually. I'd have to pull that up. <laughs> I'd like to just quickly go over some of the highlights of what is in the lovely Image Plus Magazine. Absolutely my favorite comic book magazine, although there aren't very many out there. But uh, Image Plus uh, 13 came out, and they're doing this new thing at the back of the cover where they're talking to comic book creators and asking them their musical influences for certain comics. So they have Becky Cloonan from Southern Cross. They talk about what album you know would go along with your comics, and they also ask uh, Kieran Gillen of Phonogram and The Wicked and the Divine. So great little music ref uh, recommendations from them. Like it's kind of neat seeing. What, mu what music uh, is influ influencing their comic books. So very, very cool, right in the inside cover. And then you have this sort of the image eye, which is kind of new. It's like this strange little timeline for them, like showing in a cluster, like some of the some of the interesting bullet points that's been going along with Image's history. They're really trying to celebrate the 25 years of Image Comics being in place. And rolling right into the next part is an interview with Jim Valentino. Have you heard that name, Justin? Uh, that sounds really familiar. Who is that? Well, he's one of the founders of Image Comics. He had a, a comic <laughs> of his own called Shadowhawk, which very much was like Batman and Wolverine kind of melded together. <laughs> 
and uh, he now has his own print called Shadowline with Image that has a bunch of titles like Peter Panzerfaust uh, and a, a few others that uh, very just kind of very independent unique titles that are kind of under his imprint if you will but really in-depth interview here with uh, Jim Valentino one of the founders of Image Comics and then I wanted to highlight they of course give you three or four new comics that are coming up one that was really kind of exciting me here was from the uh, from Becky Cloonan and uh, it's her title called uh, By Chance or Providence and it's art is gorgeous from Lee Lowridge you have to put your eyes on this folks it is amazing looking but there's like four or five I don't want to spoil them all they give you like two or three pages of them you got to see that stuff coming out and uh, there's some great comics there they even of course highlight a local comic book shop which this one's in Canada they even give you a little snapshot of maybe some some Marvel classics that you missed which I love that little section called comics uncovered because there's a ton of things that image has done and it's nice to kind of see that and they wrap it up of course with issue number 13 of the origin of Negan from The Walking Dead. And this is kind of interesting here that uh, he kind of finds the leather jacket in this. So the infamous leather jacket that Negan wears without spoiling too much. And there's a particular character in here that their relationship is starting to develop. I don't want to say who it is because it's kind of a little surprisey thing that happens. But uh, I, I, I know they're going to collect the entire sort of origin of Negan into something. But it's nice to have them monthly come in the Image Plus magazine being the very last thing at the end. Um, there's no poster in this one. They a lot of times come with the very center page being a poster. There is no poster. But still just chock full of stuff. And I'm really enjoying this magazine. And it's only $2.00. Uh, and it only comes out monthly when the previews come out. And you can just, you get it free if you buy a previews or it's just two bucks by itself. Totally worth it. You get like actually two or three pages of all these four or five new comic books that are coming out. And like I said, the origin of Negan at the end. So super, super good. And uh, last thing floating around in our nerd brain as we close this seg segment of the podcast is that I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering. My friend Jordan Hudson is doing his amazing art. Please check his Instagram out at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. Hi, hi Jordan. Say hi, Jess. Hey, what's up? <laughs> his, hey, Jordan. His art is amazing. It's beautiful. Thank you, Jordan. And please check out our website, zombiedestroyers.com. We've posted some sample pages there. You can check it out and see what's happening with the comic book that I'm creating and hoping to release uh, the, by this summer. And just a quick Zombie Destroyers update. 21 is being sort of reworked. Page 21. I can't wait for you to see this page, Justin. It's very bold in its panel layouts. It's it's nuts, and we're uh, and then I've got some other pages that I'm kind of finalizing, 22 to 25 to get over to him, kind of just you know chipping away at it, making some adjustments and sending it over. So that's where we are in my comic book called Zombie Destroyers. Please check out zombiedestroyers.com from time to time. <laughs> now next up, we actually have an interview that I'm set. And I'm going to play here for you in our segment called Spotlighting. It's with writer creator Michael R. Martin of the Action Lab Danger Zone title Blood and Dust. I've been talking about it for three or four issues of the podcast that it's coming. Well, here it is. So let's just jump right in to my interview with Michael R. Martin of Blood and Dust. So here you go. Okay, folks. So I am here with Michael R. Martin. Do you just like go by Mike? Just yeah, yeah. Mike is Mike is perfectly fine. Yep. Excellent. Well, I'm here with Mike R. Martin. He is the writer, creator, and co-creator, I know, of uh, Blood and Dust. I've been talking about it for a while. I've been telling you that this interview is coming up, and here it is. And we are here with Michael R. Martin. How you doing? Good, Chris. Thanks so much for having us, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Yes, it's an Action Lab Danger Zone comic. It is out there everywhere now. You can get it at comic book shops. You can get it at Comixology digitally if you got to go that route. 
But uh, thanks again for joining us. Like, really, I'm, I'm a huge fan, and I'm a comic book creator, and I really think that the podcast world and my listeners need to know about Blood and Death. So start by telling the folks out there listening your take on it from your own words, from the mind of the crea- creator. Like, tell us Blood and Dust in a, in a snapshot, would you? So Blood and Dust is the story of the first American vampire. Um, he was a uh, very angry man, and during the war, he took out that anger on a lot of people. Uh, the Civil War, the United, you know, the American uh, Civil War, and um, when uh, after the war was over and he didn't have any any more um, any more people he can take it out on, he went out west <laughs> trying to kind of cleanse himself a little bit, and and uh, you know on his way out west, um, you know he he tried to settle down uh, again in uh, in uh, Indian territory in what's now known as Oklahoma, and and uh, that didn't really kind of work out for him, so he continued on and. Um, he uh, went on a spirit quest with uh, with a Native American tribe that he had known, and, and was trying to um, you know kind of cleanse himself of this bad past. And uh, what really happened is he attracted the spirit of the first American vampire, the Anakul. So uh, through that, Judd became for forty years or so one of the worst bad men in the in the West, and um, really kind of rode roughshod over over the world in his own kind of uh, terror and. Uh, Something happened, and, and he found out that he actually had family, and that was the thing that set him off in the first place. So he uh, went back to Oklahoma and, and uh, found them and uh, found that Mama was uh, dying of scarlet fever. And so instead of letting the kids be orphaned, he turned, turned them. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he turned her. Oh, yes. Uh, um, and that's, that's what right. you're getting ready to learn about in Glenning Family Values is, is uh, more about all of how they came to be. And, and so... You know, he went from being the bad man to the babysitter, and now he spent all these years hiding in the swamp, taking care of his grandkids, and and protecting this town from this swamp creature that lives there. And, and that's really where you get into volume one is all about the swamp creature and that. But you don't get all the flavor of the past, and I think that's kind of the the fun part about uh, family values. Yeah, it's sprinkled in definitely, mm-hmm. uh, keeping it very interesting for your primary character. I mean, the opening sequence to me still is in my brain of how he has to <laughs> reprimand his, you know, his, right. his his grandkids or great grandkids ultimately, right? Because uh, yeah, there is great grandkids, yeah, yeah, and you know, I don't think we've ever really seen that. I love that that conceptually, right? Like how how does a you know, great grandpa you know, <laughs> yeah. you know treat you know discipline his grand you know his vampire great grandchildren i thought that was great how'd you come up with that like where'd that come from um you know when when adam and i were um kind of tossing the story ideas around um you know i was uh we were originally talking about taking a lot of the horror short stories that i uh, had written and kind of turning them into almost like a tales from the crypt kind of thing and, you know, we thought about this old monster, um, you know, like an old vampire sitting around telling stories, little monster kids. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of segue into it. And we were talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, but can you just imagine how annoying it would be? You know, these, these kids running around and how you discipline a little little monster kid, you know. And I said, well, for me, I would pick him up by the neck and shove a knife through his shoulder and hang him <laughs> off the wall until he learned to settle down. And that's page two of Blood and Dust. Yeah, yeah. you're hooked from that moment. I mean, <laughs> such a great writing pace to where you have to you grab the, uh, the the readers and hooked me from from there from the. And I, I like that, you know, the knife through the chest, like for vampires, that's the equivalent of like a, you know, a light spanking or a pinch or something. You know, right. it's like, he's just like, ow, 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 you know, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like uh, you think, oh my gosh, that's you know, oh child abuse, but now really for them that's the equivalent of like a you know a pinch or a a little a little swat in the bottom. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that that's kind of the other thing too is one of the fun stuff about it is is really just in the time frames. You know, I mean, it's it's seventy two when when we actually joined that scene. You know, and. And, you know, I grew up in the 70s and your idea of punishment now and your idea of punishment, you know, back then and, and, and Judd, you know, is a product of the 1800s, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just think it was kind of that cool, um, you know, you would you would be able to do things like that back then and, and kind of just referencing that that's kind of where his mindset is, is like, no, you're going to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that aspect, and I'm a child of the '70s my, as myself. So yeah, I totally understand. And he's just that—he's just that man out of time. That's another part of interesting part of the development of, of of that character. How did how did you find the whole team? Let's let's break down the team. You have co-writing with you, and give us the names and your and your your art team, which I know their names, and and the colorist even. Like, break, how did you assemble that team? Where did they come from? How'd you meet them? Well, um, Adam and I met um, working um, at, a, at a call center. I was an audio engineer, and uh, Adam was um, a subject matter expert that they would bring in to kind of just verify, you know, um, uh, steps and procedures and things like that. And I would record um, e-learning courses and things like that. And, uh, you know, we, we got to talking about stuff, and, and I was talking about how I wanted to set up my recording studio, which was you know, make it, uh, you know, a padded room with, uh, uh, you know, small children's handprints along the wall. And I wanted to hang a, a, a girl in the corner, you know, by a noose, kind of looking like Samara and everything. He's like, <laughs> do you write? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, um, uh, well, I used to because I had written short stories, you know, years and years ago, you know, back before the Internet when you had to kind of mail stuff in and I couldn't afford it. You know, yeah. So, um, you know, he's like, well, can I check him out? And he did. And he's like, you ever thought about writing comic books? And I'm like, is that a job? Is that a, is that a thing? People do that? <laughs> is that a job? <laughs> uh, well, seriously. I mean, like, you yeah. know, you're like, I, I just thought these were made by awesome people and other people didn't get to do them. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we started kind of working on it and, and started working together. Um, so Adam and I have been friends for, you know, uh, 10 years or so. Or so and, um you know, we uh, we met um, our original illustrator of uh, volume one that uh, you've seen is uh, Roy Al Martinez. Um, and we met him through um, uh, Connecting Comic Books and Artists on Facebook, a uh, Facebook group there. Wow, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, Adam, uh, Adam found him and, uh, you know, brought him to me. And I'm like, that's awesome. You know, so we had him uh, we had him do some test pages for us. And, and we were like, I think we were going to do like four test pages that we asked him to do. Uh, by the second one, I'm like, you're hired. You're <laughs> He's know. from the Philippines or in the Philippines, right? Yes, yes, he is. Yep. Both him and Raymond Lee, the colorist. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm half Filipino. My dad's from the Philippines, so I told totally, right. uh, My yeah. aunt's Filipino. Excellent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> Filipinos. <laughs> exactly. It's one big Tagalog family. Hey, uh, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, if you guys saw the video. I'm like the whitest dude ever. So, <laughs> <laughs> and they're over there. Like Roy and, and Raymond are in the Philippines. They're, they they yeah, reside yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, they live have there. Have you met um, them physically? Have you seen? Have you met them in person? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> um, we're we're hoping one of these days to be able to to get together. Um, you know, Raymond uh, especially has become very close. You know, he's a very close friend uh, that that we just love to communicate and, and work together and, and talk. And um, you know, it's a uh, it's it. it, it definitely high on my list of, of getting together with Raymond at some point. 
Nice. Yeah, the few times I've tried to go back, because my dad's from there, they're always like a, there's like a typhoon or a, some sort right. of a, <laughs> some sort of military uprising. I'm like, well, nope, not going to the Philippines. So like, I just keep yeah. putting it off every year. But uh, I'll Crazy get there too. Crazy now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there one of these times. I'm sure you will too. Yeah. So well, you found them that way, and and so like. Talk a little bit about your process for writing back when it first began. Like you and Adam, you, you two just sort of hammered out the ideas. Was it sort of equal in ideas or did you have the gist of it and he helped clean it up? Like how did it work co-writing with Adam? Yeah, um, you know, when we did it, um, it was kind of a unique thing for both of us, right? We had, you know, never really, um, you know, worked with another person before. And so, you know, we were just kind of, and, and you know, keep in mind, we were learning to write comic books. Adam had written a comic book. Um, called the Zodiac a really long time ago. That was an indie indie book, um, and you know, but that publisher went under pretty quickly and stuff. So, um, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of experience in doing it. So we were kind of learning as we went. You know, I mean, we we were flipping through graphic novels, guessing at how big a book should be. You know, and stuff like that. We're like, I think it should be six issues. Um, <laughs> you know, so um, we would we would just kind of. Brainstorm ideas in the first issue, you know, we, we just kind of were jumping out of the chair, flipping back and forth, you know, between writing where I would kind of tell him what's going on, what we should be doing, and, and he would type it, and then, you know, he'd get up and kind of pace, and I would type and stuff, and, and we'd kind of go through that point. I think in the book, the places where you can identify um, Adam versus me is like there is no sweetness in me. So any, any kind of nice, tender, um, good, clean moment is Adam. Ah, um, you know, nice. everything just brutally awful is me. Um, <laughs> well, it's the yin and yang. You guys have it together. You know, that's yeah, great. It's the balance. Yeah, that, that, that's the cool thing. So that's, that's kind of what we did is, is we worked together like that. And then we did, uh, uh, starting with the second issue, we started kind of storyboarding and, and, you know, kind of, uh, taking you know, cards and putting them on corkboard and kind of rearranging until we got a kind of a structure of what we wanted to do. Cause that, that seemed like it worked, you know, and, um, now, um, uh, I pretty much do all the writing, um, you know, we kind of brainstorm through, uh, you know, what we want to do, kind of what the plot points we think should be, but that changes as I write because I, I write very much from the character. So, you know, I'm surprised myself. I, I messaged him. I'm like, yeah, this isn't happening. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, this is happening. He goes, no. And I'm like, don't tell me, you know, <laughs> you need to go explain to Judd. He ain't doing that. Cause that is exactly what's happening right now. Wow. Uh, and and so that's that's kind of the thing. Well, that's cool that it, it works between the two of you that you have that magic that that actually happens because uh, you know it's tough to do to sort of who has the uh, the who has the sort of final say when it comes to Judd, you know, like who. Uh, you know, I don't like to say final say or, or anything like that. I mean, you know, we both really um, talk it through, um, but you know, I I think that that's cool. Um, yeah, you know, we, we like to talk it through, but it, you know, in the in the end, like I said, I I'm writing it, um, and uh, and and I you know, it's like I have very long conversations with Judd all the time, and like <laughs> I know him so well, and it's like, dude, I'm I'm telling you, this is exactly what's happening, and let me tell you why, because I I'm so far out in the future with the story as well. I'm I'm wow. several months out in the future, and and I, I just know where it's all coming to, and then I still get surprised. So, you awesome. know, that's, that's really when I bring it back and we kind of talk through and, and we just add it all together. Well, I will read all of it, my friend. I hope we get to see <laughs> all of it. Do you ever, uh, I mean, you're so steeped in, in his life. Do you ever dream of, of Judd Glennie? Is he in your dreams too? Has he invaded that area? 
Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I can't say honestly that I, I've recalled like a dream of Judd or anything. Um, you know, uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go. You know, it's like, oh no, no, I know. I, <laughs> I mean, that would be. A, I, I should say nightmare, really, if he's in there, right? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it really depends on your perspective. I think. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Looking at it from a creative standpoint, you're like, yes, material, great, dreams, mm-hmm. it happened. Write it down. Yep. <laughs> well, art team, talk about Roy Mar- Roy Allen Martinez and Raymond Lee. I mean. The, just the the deep dark shadows that the that each character seems to be crawling out of, the coloring that's so crisp and beautiful and bright. It doesn't have a sort of washed out feel at all to me. It's yeah. very vibrant and yet steeped heavily in shadows. Like was and then the and then the and then third the unique panel layout. Did you have any like? Did you did you kind of let them go nuts or was it very much still your vision in the color palettes, the shadowing, and the panel layouts? Uh, man, you don't do this without collaborating with people. Um, you know, I mean, um, we've always understood that these guys are, are artists unto their own and, and appreciated the work that they do. Um, we would give them input as far as color palettes and stuff, because we wanted it to remain, um, very true to, um, the, the time periods we were reflecting, the, the economic structure, I mean, everything. So we, we did talk a lot about, um, you know, their clothes and things like that. But, you know, um, you know, when I write, I, I kind of give like camera type directions, you know, over the shoulder, three quarter, you know, ah. two shot. you know, I, I, I write, I, I, I learned, um, that kind of stuff, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, in broadcast production for, um, TV and video. And so I kind of write that way. Um, but you know, my instruction is always, you know, this is kind of how I see it, but you're the storyteller. If it works better, if you relate it another way, you know, that's kind of your thing. Roy didn't take as much advantage of that tone. Um, Tony Rodriguez is doing volume two. Um, and you know, and the nice thing about tone is he lives here in town with me so I can go over and we can kind of talk stuff through, but tones of 20 plus year pro in the business. It's worked for everybody. And it's one of the most amazing artists I've ever seen. And so, being he's you know he's like well i think this yes do that do absolutely do that um you're you're gonna just freak out over the page layouts and and what he's doing with panels and stuff it's just like so freaking cool because it's also very subtle that you're like when you really catch it you're like damn that's dope dude oh, i can't uh, wait that's yeah. great so yeah i mean so so roy it was and it's really cool i think in volume one roy was perfect for volume one um, you know, Roy has such a Bernie Wrightson vibe, you yes. know, um, just that crazy ass detail of the swamp and, 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 uh, boggy depot monster and just all that stuff. And, and roots creepiness, um, was all so Bernie inspired and everything. It was like, it was perfect. Um, and, uh, with Glenny family values, we're out of the swamp now. And we're really learning about the family and we, we learn all their origins finally of, of where they all came from. And, and in this mode, it is very perfect for tone because now we're having much more of the characters, the, the, the storytelling from that kind of stuff is just, is just awesome. Yeah. I, I, how he lives in that Bernie Wrightson is a great uh, example of that tone. You're right. I, I have you ever considered doing this in black and white? Like I would love to see what this looks like in black and white. 
You know, that was actually the original intent. Um, when we, and, and there's actually a, a prior artist to this. There was actually um, Rudy Vasquez um, who drew our Kickstarter version um, that got us all started. And um, um, that one is in black and white. And um, it's, it's a cool book. Um, but, you know, that's like one of the most consistent things that we hear. And, you know, we are kind of kicking around the idea of some, doing like a director's cut because I, I think it would yes. be just brilliant to do volume one and volume two together in a black and white version, put both books together and to really show you what the original work was done. And, and that's the other funny thing is we didn't actually ink any of Roy's work. Um, Roy's work was so tight. All we did was just darken it in Photoshop and that was it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Testament to his art. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just, but it looked so damn cool. Didn't it, you know, I mean, it's like, damn. And so I would love to see the two of them together. And I just think it would just be absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I hope, I hope uh, to see that. And if you, uh, if you do have any of that Kickstarter stuff laying around, you know, just, uh, <laughs> I'll give you my address after this, but, um, <laughs> I think there might be still one or two laying around still that it is now, uh, it is now rare company. And, and it's kind of one of those things we, we've always told people like, Hey, what if you had walking dead? Number one, Holy moly. <laughs> you know, how would you feel about having that? It's like, this is the 250 copies of this, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. You know, <laughs> these are the droids you're looking for. I'm waving my hand. Yeah, um, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so tell me about, I love asking this for writers. Like, tell me about your, your, your process. Like, when does it happen? Like, or what your process and what is your routine? I'm, I'm a strange fan of, of just sort of minuscule details of, of how a writer's mind works. And, you know, do you sit in Starbucks? Do you, do you have to be walking? Uh, does it happen when you're driving? Like, do you decide to write? Or does it happen sometimes when you write things down? Like, tell me a little bit about your process, how it goes from brain to, you know, writing it down or on your iPhone or wherever it goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I'm awful. <laughs> um, you know, like when, you know, and this is the thing that always drives me crazy is, you know, like Stephen King's one of my one of my heroes, right? He's just someone I think is absolutely brilliant. It's inspired me to do what I do. And, um, you know, he's like every, you know, writers should write every day. I'm like, Oh, I'm not a writer then. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's not something I do every day. Um, I have, uh, you know, um, it's, it's why I'm really so focused on blood and dust is because I have one book that I really care about. I have one story that I'm really trying to tell, I'm trying to tell it to the absolute best of my ability and trying to make it the absolute best book that I can possibly make. And while I have other stories in my head and I have other things that I've kind of played with and tinkered with and toyed with, this is the story that I'm concerned with telling. Nice. And so, you know, process wise, man, it, you know, I, I, I just think a lot, you know, like I said, man, like <laughs> when I go, when I go ride my Harley, um, you know, out through the desert and stuff, I'm talking with Judd, you know, I'm, I'm looking through his eyes and seeing wow. how he would have seen the desert, you know, a hundred years ago. Um, you know, and, and just kind of knowing the characters of my world and, and thinking about who they are and, and what they do and why and, uh, and how they develop. And so I just, and, and I'll have these little, uh, key phrases that, that, that end up inspiring things. Um, you know, people are food, not friends has been something that's been there since the very beginning. Um, you know, uh, blood before all is, is another one that's, you know, so I have these little, little short phrases and, and they just inspire me so much because I just know how powerful they are and, and what I mean with that. Um, 
So a little engines, a lot of little engines of inspiration, those little, yeah. those little phrases. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then just really kind of just thinking out, you know, um, like I said, knowing where we go with here and then next is the ballad of preacher man and law dog. And what are we, each volume is basically telling another of the character's stories and how they belong in blood and dust universe. Um, and so that's kind of, as it keeps evolving, each person has a story and that's kind of where it's all kind of getting to. And, and so for me, um, forcing myself to sit down and write, I love airplane rides. Oh my God, I love long airplane rides because I will sit there and be forced to write. I, 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 I've written almost a very big chunk of, uh, of issue one for, uh, uh, for Preacher Man and Law Dog. And I'm just like, I need more flights. <laughs> but I can't get on a go plane. anywhere and I'm happy to sit here. <laughs> Find them those discount deals for Southwest. Just, you know, mm-hmm. get somewhere. <laughs> yeah, a lot, just lots of trips, lots of work trips, lots of cons, and I can just work there. But that is just kind of forcing myself to sit here. The summer's coming up here in Phoenix where I live. So, um, you know, uh, that that's about my best time to, to lock her up inside and, uh, and lock myself in the office and try and burn through a bunch of stuff if I'm not at a con. Well, I think it's cool that that Judd, your main character here, is is like sort of a living and breathing character inside your mind, and you have conversations with him. I think that's awesome. Does he have like a, a voice? Is he in? And does oh, he yeah. have a voice? And yeah. who does he sound like? And or is he in, is is he written from someone in your life? Like is is it is or, or bits and pieces of someone in your life? Um. I, I, I'm sure he's made up of lots of people in my life. I think, uh, you know, he reminds me of my dad a little bit. Um, you know, me a lot. Um, uh, you know, um, the original inspiration and the original with the original one was like, we're like, you know, we told Rudy Vasquez, we're like, Hey man, you know, just, you know, we wanted to be like a Clint Eastwood type of character. And he was like, Oh shit. Well, that is Clint Eastwood. We, we shouldn't have him look exactly like that. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of it, man. The, th- the whole thing was, is we wanted to bring back the badass. Um, you know, when we started doing this like 10 years ago, that was when Twilight was starting to get popular. And I've been a lifetime lover of vampires, man. And, and you know, I used to pull sheets up around my neck because I was scared of vampires. You <laughs> Garlic know? in your bedroom? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was, I was a scared little kid, man. And uh, it pissed me off that they became a disco ball. And, uh, you know, something like, fuck this, man. No, fuck, no. (laughs) And so we were like, there are no badasses anymore. Everybody's kind of a pussy. And I'm regretful for being, oh. Judd does not regret a goddamn thing. (laughs) Not a goddamn thing. He just does what he feels is the right thing. And if if it works for him, then that's all that matters. Right. I, I, it's hard to boil down blood and dust, but when I sort of describe Judd and people ask me like, you know, and I don't have a lot of time to describe it and I want to talk him into it really fast. I just kind of say, it's like a, he's like old man Logan in vampire form in a way, you know, he's just, yeah. uh, he's just doesn't give a crap. He, you know, he's, he's been through it all. I love like his moral anguity. Like he just sort of, he, he floats now at this point in his life. He's like, look, I've been bad. I've been good. I've been, you know, whatever sort of comes my way is going to happen. And he's mm-hmm. just this being of force. I, I, I love that conception. I'm a big fan of like the Anne Rice books of vampires and mm-hmm. the original Bram Stoker, you know, things of that nature. They just sort of, they're humans are food and, you know, they reach this point where they just sort of do whatever. And that's where, you know, you start off in panel one, you know, issue one 
with the guy coming to kind of thank him. And that's, you know, he, he adds that narrative character, you know, that he gets mm-hmm. to kind of tell his story. And uh, surprisingly, he does because he kind of doesn't give a crap about him and wants him to kind of go away. But then, in a way, you know, he, he wants to speak to him. I thought that's something a little interesting there. Was that a little Adam? Is that more softer side right there? Um, no, no, I, I think, well, you know, it could have been either one of us, man. That was a while back. Um, you know, but I, I, I think the inspiration for that is that I think we all want to be heard. Yeah. You know, nobody is the villain in their own story, man. Nobody is a villain in their own mind. I don't give a shit how crazy you are. I don't give a shit what I think you're an evil fuck. Um, you know, the, the people running this world don't think that they're evil people, you know, doesn't matter. You are. Um, and so in this particular case, man, um, I, I, it was just the right moment in time that he hadn't talked to somebody in a really, really long time. It was not six, eight and 10, you know, or, yeah. or his bitches in the back and he doesn't have conversations with them. Right. Um, so, you know, I think it was just that moment. He's like, this guy's got the balls. He's got yeah. the balls to come and talk to me. I'll talk to him, you know, and, and that's kind of where it kicked off at. Yeah, I love that sequence. It just uh, will always stick in my brain. It's it's just great. Like, what's it been like working with Action Lab? Like, I've talked to a few of you guys, a few Team Action Lab folks, and like, what's it what's it been like working with those guys? And and Dave Dwanch, right? Hello, Dave. Yeah, 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 Dave. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Dave. Um, you know, Dave is one of those people that um, has been you know super supportive of us. Um, you know, and. Uh, you know, from the the first time we had, uh, we actually tabled next to him at Phoenix Fan Fest in, in 2014. Uh, it was my second con, and you know, all we had was the original Kickstarter book and one um, one um, picture uh, that I a pinup that I asked uh, Roy to do because we had just hired Roy to start doing because we weren't really planning on doing an issue two. It was just like after our Kickstarter and our first con, and people were like, "This is really good." And we're like. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we should make another? Um, Do we go on from here? I was like, <laughs> I wasn't really planning on that. I mean, we had written them and wanted to, and we're going to, but it was still, you know, that that whole crap, you know. So, wow. you know, you know we we've done that, and so Dave, you know, was really cool. And when we showed him like the pages that that uh, Roy was doing, and he was like, "If you color that, we'll probably pick you up." And, you know, that, so that's what I mean is like, we were going to be black and gray. I mean, that was what it was going to be. And like, that was the thing is that was all the direction we got from everybody we talked to. Like, you got to color it. And so we contacted Roy and, and Roy recommended, um, Raymond because they worked together before on stuff. And, uh, they both went to uh, Will's Portacea school in Manila. So Will's school there. Um, so Raymond actually ran his school and that was where I met Wells for the first time was at Phoenix fan fest. His wife came up and recognized the pinup that we had there. And she's like, is that Roy? And I'm like, who the hell are you? And <laughs> you know that that's Roy, um, you know, and, and we got to talk and, and, and I'm like, yeah, that's Roy Al Martinez. That's, that's, that's my new artist for blood and dust. And she's like, you know, we talked for a little bit and she was asking about him and everything. And she goes, yeah, that's Wills's favorite student. Wow. Wills is going to want to talk to you. And I'm that's like, that's cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> but then that's the funny thing is, man, Adam is super steeped in comics and he wasn't there. I am not. I, and I have to be the first one to admit like names and stuff are like the worst. I grew up loving comics, but more of on like TV shows and things like that. I didn't really afford comics. I collected in the early uh, 90s. But, you know, so I'm like, that name sounds familiar. I see this cat across the way. So I message Adam. I'm like, who's Wills Portacio? And he's, and he's like, like oh. 
one of the founders of Image and everything. I'm like, oh, cool. He wants to talk to us. <laughs> and he gasped and you're like, I don't know who he is. That's great. <laughs> but that's the great thing about the ignorance piece, right? Because Adam yeah. would have fanboyed like crazy. And me, I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? You know, and, and that goes a long way in this business when you're not fanboying, when you're just like, hey, man, I was like, oh, right on, dude. How you doing? Cool. I, I'm talking to Arthur Adams. Fucking hey. You know? <laughs> well, there he is. Holy mackerel. You know, yeah. where we were actually babysitting him and Joyce's kid. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I know. I. <laughs> wow. So that's how it happened. That's how the magic happened. You're at a con. You were next to Action Lab Danger Zone and the, and the CEO, the creator of Action Lab Danger Zone, Dave Dwanch, was there. You guys had a little conversation and boom, the magic happens from there. Like, that's a, great. a little bit. I mean, what, really what it was was when we saw him in Phoenix Comic Con in May. So that was in uh, December. We saw him in Phoenix Comic Con in May, and I had issue two done and colored. You know, so we got nice. to see Raymond's work. You got to see our new covers and everything. He's like, "Have we seen this yet?" I'm like, "Well, I sent it in, but I've been waiting to hear. I haven't heard anything from uh, from you guys." He goes, "Yeah, you're done. Let me make a couple of phone calls." Oh, all right, nice. all right cool. <laughs> wow, it's sitting uh, in Cyberland there, waiting to be read, and you moved it along. It was that second I, meet. I have never seen a busier group of people than Action Lab. Uh, that's the that's the the thing with them is, man, they it, they've got so many balls in the air, so many plates spinning, that uh, it, it that is uh, the one thing is they're just constantly um, on the move, and it's kind of hard to nail them down. So when you when you're not getting a response back, that is probably why is they were dealing with something else or or bringing other titles out or whatever. What's been the, the hardest part? Uh, what's the hardest part of making Blood and Dust like, or making a comic book? Like, what's, the, what's been the, the biggest challenge? Money. Yeah, the funds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, money straight up. I'm not even going to act like that's not it. Um, yeah. Explain in what way. Like, you know, what, break it down you know, a little bit if you could. Well, um, so in our case, one of the things that I absolutely will not do is ask people to work for free. Um, so the... Uh, I've had some really wonderful people offer and stuff, and, and it's really cool um, that, that people want to do stuff for us, and, and I appreciate it. I'm not going to say no to things, but you know, I, I just will not do that. So, um, and, I, and I pay my people what they deserve, or as much as I, at least they can. So you know, you, you've, got, you've got artists, you've got colors, you've got letters, and, and you know, just like you say from the quality of the book, that quality does not come cheap. I'm not, I'm not getting, you know... Raymond is a is a world renowned colorist. I mean, he's worked on X Men, Avengers, Wolverine. I mean, the dude is, you know, he's yeah. more freaking quality, and that comes out and that costs. Um, but I won't accept anything less than that. So, you know, without doing Kickstarters, which which um, you know we only did for the very first one, um, and and we're working on that. You know, that I'm having to learn a lot about that side of things. So we're working on that. But you know, remember, man, we were two guys from nowhere that nobody knew anything about. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we were we were kind of anticipating that first first volume and now the second volume is kind of going to build that hopefully fan base with awesome people like you and, and people like you that are spreading the, the word. You know, it's it, it's, you know, just like any other vampire family, man, we need to spread, you know, and, <laughs> uh, and that that's the thing is fans are family to us. You know, so all you guys that just love it so much and you're spreading it around and, and, and spreading our disease, um, you know, we, we <laughs> encourage that as much as possible. So. Um, but that's the thing. And so, you know, this has all been on my dime. Uh, we are, we are very much taking the Kevin Smith approach to, uh, to comics here, you know, where it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm financing this on my own. This is mine. You know? Wow. That's good. And what's the most rewarding part of it then? That'd be the money being the challenge. What's the, what's Fans. really the most fulfilling? Fans. Yeah. Hands down, man. 
there, there is nothing better than to have somebody really appreciate what we've done. Um, man, it is the coolest, and 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 we will do anything for you guys, man. It is like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm working on the website trying to to really make it as fan friendly as possible, man. I really want to interact with our fans. I really want to talk with people and just you know hold chat. I don't care. What do you guys want to do? Cool, let's do that. I'm down. Um, <laughs> I, at WonderCon, um, uh, 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 Kat comes up and he kind of he's looking at the table. I'm like, "Hey man, how you doing?" You know, and, and starting to kind of talk to him. He's like, "Is this the story about uh, the vampires, like the grandpa?" And she comes, "I'm like, yeah, man, yeah." <laughs> and he's like, "Dude, I've been looking for this. I've been asking my comic book uh, to get it in, and they didn't get it in." Man, I, I heard about you from uh, Pete's basement, man, my boy Pete. And I'm like, I love Pete, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, you know, it's like somebody recognizing my book and like being excited to meet me. And I'm like, I'm Mike. I don't, I'm nobody, but cool. How you doing? <laughs> Will you sign this? Oh, boy, you want me to sign, you want me to sign your baby? Yeah, I don't care. So, <laughs> okay. so, yeah, I mean, dude, it, it's like the coolest thing because, man, this story is, means so much to us. Um, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I have the title of it tattooed on my arms. Um, yeah, I saw that, you yeah. know, this is, this means the world to me. So you guys that love it so much and want to spread the world, make other people read it. Dude, that's the absolute best thing about anything that we've done with this comic. It, that's why I continue to make it. That's why I continue to write checks because I'm like, I would like money back someday, but these people <laughs> love me and they are like crack and I like crack. Uh, <laughs> crack is good. <laughs> Crack it back, baby. It's good. How, how how hard are you gonna faint and hit the cement when a cosplayer, when a Judd cosplayer, like a really I'm good lose one? I'm my freaking mind. Dude. How hard I'm are you gonna, gonna hit the cement? <laughs> out. Can you imagine? It's gonna be a. It's it'll actually be an old man, and he just does it all up like professional, and then he comes up to you. That and you're just gonna cry and hit and faint. I would probably. probably. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> That, seriously, that's what I mean, man. I mean, when people, you know, like landing in people's top 10 lists for a year, I'm like, are you, you know, there were other books, right? You like, <laughs> you didn't buy like nine books this year, right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, that, so yeah, man, I mean, if a cosplayer, if, uh, there was a, there was a great um, image I saw the other day of uh, a dad that had two little girls dressed up as zombies with pigtails and they were little, little girls. So they were just kind of crawling around like little girls do. They had him chained up and everything. And for a second, I thought it was like wow. baby Hazel or Ruth. And I was like, oh, 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 shit. You already got a taste of what's going to happen. My goodness. Uh, dude, if I get like a whole family showing up, like, you know, like you see Bob's Burgers at cons a lot and everything. If I get like a Glenny oh. family coming through, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to be near when that happens. I want to see, I want to see your face. I may just be hanging around you for that day because it's going to come. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, that would, that would just be the, the craziest, craziest thing. I tell you, I, I gush over Blood and Dust all the time. I you got to tell me because uh, I've, I've it's been on my top pick list every time it come it, it's come out. You can get Volume One now where it collects the three issues. But tell me the glimpse into the Blood and Dust future. Like what can we expect? What's going to happen? What's coming up soon? So coming up soon um, in September is uh, when we are planning on releasing um, issue one of Glenny Family Values. So the way um, September. We, yeah, dude. <laughs> I know. Hey, man, I'm sorry, man. It takes me a little bit to save my pennies and take the cans down to the recycle and go to scrap and stuff, man. It's yeah, right. payday loans, you know. I mean, right it's uh, it's hard out here on a comic creator, man. So, uh, 
you know? gotta love it you got a lot of love for it you gotta love it right that's what they say yeah dude yeah. so um yeah and, and you know tone's a busy cat you know and and you know when he's when he's putting the time and the love into it it takes a little bit you know and, and changing up artists and stuff so um yeah so but september um september october november um you know they've talked about making our book the halloween book you know danger zone always does a halloween book and it's usually yes. zombies I'm, I'm really hoping they um uh, are able to kind of work in uh, blood and dust as a Halloween book. Um, they're, they're, they really, uh, are excited by everything they're seeing and, and, you know, the reactions that we had on the original. So we're, we're going to recirculate volume one Great. and then volume two will come out then. And, and, you know, we did life and undeath at Judd Glennie. The next one is Glennie family values. Cause I wanted to really to kind of identify them. Uh, next one is ballad of preacher man and law dog. And the next one is the life and undeath of Sadie Mae Cullum. Um, then we're going to have blood and dust El Paso. Um, we, we, we have a very long list of, Great. of are, are each are, one of those three, three issues, each yeah. sort of volume you're laying out there. Yep. Yep. So really collectively, how many issues right now are you set to go? If you you just added the issues up from this being one to three, where, where is it going to go? Um, I would say that we've got another, you know, solid, uh, 15, um, that, yes. that are, that are easily able to kind of get out there. And, you know, that's, that's the thing, man, is it's just really just a matter of, uh, of production, man. If somebody drives a big movie check truck up to my house and is like, Mike, we would like to reward you with a big movie check. I'd be like, I'm getting ready to write y'all a whole lot more damn stories. Uh, that's right where that's going. Nice. Uh, and, and because that's the thing, man, is like, there are so many stories with these characters. I mean, you know, Judd's been our main focus, man, but there are so many other, characters that are so interesting sadie may i cannot wait to show you guys sadie may and well, i cannot wait i can, to I can turn up. this all off now you can just show me if you want <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm uh, serious i mean i got my finger on the power button just... <laughs> <laughs> no you're gonna have to wait man but but you know she is a whole different creature oh sweet you know? and and there are just that's the thing, man. Like the story of Preacher Man and Law Dog um, is it, it, it. You haven't met them yet. They're going to be in Glenny Family Values, but you're going to get to know more about Emmett, you know, which you met in issue two of, of uh, uh, Judd Glenny, you know, and um, and Emmett. Emmett played a very important part of their family. You notice he ain't around anymore. And so you you we we give you a taste. You, you learn you see a little bit more about him in, in Family Values. But that one's really Emmett's story. Wow. Um, along with with preacher man and law dog and it's it's awful <laughs> I mean, it's it's like one of the most horrible things i have ever seen or heard wow. uh, read a lot i tell people about it like when i told tony everything about it they're like you're fucking horrible <laughs> like i know i know i'm an awful awful human being <laughs> and then you got adam coming in to spritz it up with a bit of warmth right to just yeah balance things. To, to try and <laughs> try and soften it up some but you know like i i wrote a scene that's in family values and when i wrote it and, and adam's eyes like what are you doing that's <laughs> oh no you can't do that and i explained it and he's like oh god all right well then you got to do this and i'm like oh uh, yeah i know there you go that works perfect that, that's exactly it but it's like I, I, I walked out of, and this is going to make me sound horrible. So I, I feel like every podcast I like lose some sort of credibility, but I've literally walked out of my office crying. You just like, that's horrible. You know, I like, I cannot believe I just did that. Sounds <laughs> great. I cannot wait. So, sep so September, 
We're going to see the next volume of Blood and Dust. I, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, thank you. I've taken up a, just too much of your time already. But, oh, you know. <laughs> I can sit here and do this all day. So. <laughs> I love it. It's an mean, awesome conversation. Maybe leave us with, uh, leave us with some advice. I, I do have a lot of listeners and myself that are trying to break into comics, trying to create comics. Like, What's some advice you'd give to the struggling comic book community like myself? You know, man, I, I tell you, the the advice thing is kind of uh, is kind of one of those weird things because I don't know if there's like one giant nugget that I can that I can give. I can give you a nugget from life um, because it's not really about comics; it's about everything, and that is just do not quit. You know, if you believe in what you're doing, and but at the same time, for the love of God, people, you know, listen to people. If they're telling you what you need, to, what you're doing isn't working, then Figure out what could be learned from that and adapt and make it better and evolve. Our evolution of blood and dust and, and what we've done is a layered evolution of learning, figuring it out, figuring it out, fucking it up, repeat, you know, until we finally are like, I think I might have figured this thing out. And, and I, I think we actually are where we need to be. But the, the discouragement, man, but if you believe in it, if this is what you believe, there's nothing stopping you but you, you know, um, nice. like I said, dude, I'm, I'm taking, I, I take a lot of inspiration from Kevin Smith. He actually donated to our Kickstarter. Awesome. Yeah. And he hasn't donated to many, so it's kind of crazy, but, um, you know, I take a lot of inspiration from that dude. You know, I, I've, I've seen him do his, uh, do his, uh, you know, one man show and, uh, and he, and he takes like an hour to discuss. I am not special. <laughs> I am nobody special. I just didn't quit. I, I just believed in what I did and I knew I had something to say and I figured out a way to say it, whether it's my podcast, whether it's directing a movie, whether it's doing a TV show, I just find the vehicle to say what I feel like I need to say. And, you know, my eventual hope is I'm going to change blood and dust into a novel because Tone's like, dude, you've got to publish your scripts because he's like, and, and this freaks me out because Tone's read a million scripts, but he's like, I haven't seen scripts like yours. People need to see what you say because I can't draw that, but that's some fucked up chilling shit. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so that's the thing, man. If you've got something to say, you're saying it with your podcast. I've done podcasts. I got to get another one going. I got to get a video blog going because I have things to say. It may be about my book, but my God, somebody might want to listen to it. Yeah. You know, And that's the thing, man, is you figure out a way. If you cannot figure out a way, ask somebody, you know, but you just keep doing it in, until you figure out what you got to figure out and you, and you pay your dues, man. If you think it's a, an instantaneous thing, my, my most common thing I hear from girls, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to submit an image, baby steps, Jack, baby steps. And <laughs> I mean, dude, our, our first artist was the freaking favorite apprentice of one of the founders of image. And I couldn't get them to look at my book. They don't look at people like us. You got to start small. You find you an action lab. You get you a smaller one. You start there. You self-publish. Your book is your resume. That's the other thing I tell people, man. Yeah. Your first self-published stuff, dude, that was our resume. It was the other reason I wouldn't accept anything less than the best we could absolutely do with it. Because that's what you hand people and go, this is me. I am a creator. I made this. Would you like to do something with me? Would you like to read my book? 
Well, I'm an, a beautiful. Well said. Thank you. And I'm a big advocate of Blood and Dust. To everyone listening, go get it. You will be absolutely, your eyeballs will be happy. <laughs> you will be hooked from the get-go. Beautiful art, uh, well-paced and amazing writing from you, Mike. I, I tell you, I'm a big fan. I love it. Whatever you have lying around, uh, I'll send you some money. <laughs> Pretty please. I'm literally uh, transferring some funds from my Wells Fargo account over to you right now. Just uh, find some things, open some drawers, and, uh, see what happens. <laughs> but well, uh, I can't wait till September. Are you tell everyone too? Are you like where are you? Where can we find your stuff? Plug yourself, and then are you going to be in some cons coming up? We can come see you. We can get some autographs. Just give us the whole snapshot, please. Yeah, absolutely. So um, first and foremost, bloodanddustcomic.com, www.bloodanddustcomic.com. I've been in the process of revamping. I'm hoping this weekend to um, actually get my online store up. So we've got a lot of awesome art and prints and and, uh, special con edition books. Like you can actually get issue one of uh, Glenny Family Values if you're nice to me uh, on there. And um, so the uh, that is number one. Um, But, uh, you know, facebook.com forward slash bloodanddustcomic. Um, you know, blood and dust or at blood and dust is my Twitter handle, uh, at nightshade comics is Adam. Um, as far as cons, woof, man, I am yeah. getting loaded up, dude. I have got <laughs> uh, free comic book day. I'm going to be at drawn to comics in Glendale, Arizona. Cool. Um, then I'm going to be at the mad monster party in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, which is a huge horror convention. So I'm really looking forward to that. that I think that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, Phoenix comic con the week after that. Uh, then in June, I'm going to be at Amazing, uh, Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. Uh, then in, uh, in July, I'll be in San Diego. I'm uh, still working on August and September. October, I'm working on being in Oklahoma for uh, OFCON. i got to nice. talk to those folks. Uh, then I'm going to be in L.A. for um, L.A. Comic Con. So, yep. yeah, I'm out Comic there Cousin. doing the hustle. Yeah, I'm, I'm in L.A. Comic Con. I'm looking forward to that one. That's like Halloween weekend, so I think that would be awesome. Yes, those are fun. I go to those every year, and I'll I'll uh, make an effort. If you're going to have a booth in Las Vegas, I'll be there as well in press capacity. Nice. So, That's I will uh, make my way to see you in June for sure at the amazing Las Vegas Con. Awesome! I'll stop by and uh, and get the stuff that was all in your drawers that you're gathering for me. Ooh, you know what? We're, you know what we're doing? We're doing a special edition for Amazing. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to draw. Um, Tone's going to draw. Um, uh, the family at the uh, Welcome to uh, Vegas sign, but uh, oh. pretty unique. We we the one we're doing for Anaheim because so we thought about it for WonderCon this year, but we're gonna do it for uh, WonderCon next year. Is uh, we're gonna take the family to Disneyland. Oh, awesome. it's just gonna be fucking. I lived in Las Vegas for eleven years, and I'm a Disneyland annual pass holder. So you just like yes. said two things that for me. Pretty nice. intense. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time, Mike. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. I'm a big fan. Blood and Dust, I will be reading it until you stop doing it. And then I'll read it some more. It's one of the very few for me that is a reread. I tell this to my listeners all the time. Uh, oh, wow. You know, there's so many comics. I hardly have time to reread. If you look at my pull list every week, I'm usually Dude, reading about 30 comics. I know you're ridiculous. You you frighten me and you shame me, by the way, but how many books you read. So <laughs> as much as you like our book out of all those books you read, dude, that is like freaking me out. I tell you, man, to make it through the noise, right? You, you did it. You're like, you're there. I, I'm excited to see it. I, I can't wait when I, uh, you know, there's just not enough, of course, because I want more, but I worth the wait because you do it right. You take your time and it's just, is Raymond going to be coloring it again or is he on oh, the next? Yeah. He's staying oh, yeah. on. Great. Oh, well, Raymond's uh, actually doing three variant covers. Oh. 
Um, so Raymond's digital paintings are absolutely amazing. If you oh, haven't checked them out and they're just so good. And so I'm just super stoked that Raymond wanted to do covers. And I'm like, he's like, can I do a cover? I'm like, please. Yes, please do covers more. Nice. Well, Mike, you said it all. You, uh, <laughs> you brought it today. Thank you so much. And, uh, I'll be, uh, stalking slash following you, of course, as always on everything. And, uh, I will keep in touch and I would, I'd love to meet you face to face in June. And thank you so much for your time again, Mike. Absolutely, man. Chris, thanks so much, dude. We really appreciate uh, all the love and support, man. And thanks so much for uh, having such an awesome show to share the love of comics, dude. Oh, you make it easy for me. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. So, um, a few weeks ago I was traveling for work. So, uh, I was in, um, uh, Huntsville, Alabama and, uh, Adam calls me and, uh, you know, it was really late at night for me there. So I ignore the call and he calls me back again. I'm like, what the fuck? So I answer the thing and he's like, he's like, guess who I just saw in Zeke's pizza in Ahwatukee. And I'm like, who? And he goes, Todd McFarland. I'm like, Ooh. okay, cool. Uh, you know, Todd lives around here. You kind of see him and stuff. We've seen him at shows and everything, you know, but um, you know, Adam went up to him and he said, Hey man, I just wanted to tell you that, you know, you're the reason I do what I do. So I just wanted to say thank you. And, um, you know, and, and Todd's a huge hero of mine from the business standpoint, more than the, even more than the artistic side. Yeah, he's I, an empire. I, I, I just freaking love that. I was a businessman before I was a creator, you know? So, so I'm kind of a fanboy for Todd, uh, Todd anyway. So, you know, Todd's like, Oh, well that's cool. Do you collect comics? You know, what do you collect? I mean, do you still collecting is no, man, I'm not a collector. I'm a creator. He goes, oh, yeah, what are you doing? He goes, well, I, I do a book called Blood and Dust. Uh, so you're publishing everything? He goes, yeah. So, you, you know, Adam pulls up on his phone and he's showing him, um, you know, pages from Blood and Dust. And he's oh, like, man. oh, that's, that's, that's really good. And, um, you know, um, he's telling him, you know, Tone's doing our new work. And, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, man, I love Tone because, you know, Tone knows Todd very well. You know, he's like, oh, say hi to Todd, Tone and all this other stuff, right? And so he's like, he goes, look, I'm going to go to Image um, next week. Here's my email address. Here's my office address. Bring by um, your books. Bring by some artwork, and I'll take them to um, Image, and I'll uh, uh, show them to uh, Robert and Eric. Wow. You All know, right. So, you know, Robert Kirkman and uh -huh. uh, Eric Stevens. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, and uh, he's like, okay, I'll do that. So, you know, calls me, and I'm like. <laughs> you know, you know we're, we're with Action Lab Danger Zone. I don't know how that stuff works out. They're obviously our publisher and everything. So, you know, we're not, we're not stupid here. But just for the fact of knowing that these guys are going to actually have our book in hand and our artwork and read through it and everything, dude, that's a, that's a pretty cool ass thing to have happen, right? So I get back into town. I get Adam the stuff that uh, we wanted to take by Todd and everything. Um, Adam has to go over there and go through like three levels of of people like you know you know he rings on the door the wow. person comes out and he has to explain it and then they bring somebody else there and he has to explain it again wow. Todd wanted me to come by then they bring the other person out and he's like he's going to Portland next week he wanted to take these to me oh yeah he is oh yeah come on in and so they're looking wow. through oh yeah this is really good and everything so awesome you know very cool books in hand gonna go out this guy's gonna check it out super cool honor just just really need to think about it um, you know, and, uh, and then, so the next week I'm in, uh, on another business trip in uh, North Carolina and I'm looking through stuff and I see an announcement for redneck. Mm. I'm like, Oh, are you fucking kidding me? 
And, you know, I mean, books are circulated months in advance, right? So, I mean, this was out in circulation. It's getting ready to come out the next week or whatever. So, I mean, you know, it's not right. like it's a, not like an instantaneous thing. Nobody instantaneously wizard a blood and dust, you know, thing or anything like that. But, I, I, you know, when, when I saw it, I'm like, wow. Wow. And so I, you know, I, I messaged Adam. I'm like, he'll look this up. And, you know, he messaged me the next day. He didn't see it. He's like, what the hell? And Adam's freaking out and everything. And we're just like, I'm, you know, and just like we were talking before we, we came back and everything. These, this is a creative world, man. It, we all suck from like a giant creative mindset. And, and these things can happen. My vampire story, while pretty unique, isn't the first of anything, right? You know, sure. at least, you know, for us, right? So... The only thing that really occurred to me after that was, how much do you think their ass is going to pucker when they read Blood and Dust and realize they just put out Redneck? Uh-huh. That's <laughs> a lot of puckering. <laughs> oh, boy. And, and I don't mean out of fear or anything else, man. I just yeah. mean out of that, like, just like mine did, that creative collection. I'm probably sure it happens to them a million times over, so it's not like it's a new thing to them. So, you know, but... To us, is a new thing, right? And so right. you just have to think that that's got to be that moment where they're just like, well. And, and the only thought I had, and, and I'm sure it's a great book. I know the creators are really awesome folks and everything, so absolutely no hate here whatsoever. I, I'm absolutely sure it is all good. But we all want to be the best, right? So, I, I, you right. know, I, I hope people really like ours a lot. Um, and I would like for, you know, if, if you got to have a, a, a Coke Pepsi war, um, I would like to come out on top of that, Burger King, McDonald's, you know, whatever comes out on top, man. I would like people to, to if you got to pick a vampire family uh, to choose, um, you know, a, a Glenny family is always a good family, you know. Uh, uh, but hell, at the very least, I'd rather see a redneck than another Twilight family. So there, at least there's that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it has a whole different sensibility, too, reading it, redneck. It, it's, uh, it's really writing that Jason Latour, Southern Bastards kind of vibe and and theme and tone it felt a lot like that in ways oh yeah uh, the art style and such so i just felt it was writing that coattails like real um you know that that kind of influence yours doesn't I have that it's a whole different universe when i saw from it yeah the artwork i saw from that did kind of give me that same vibe exactly yeah it, was, it did feel very southern bastards to me yeah a, a, a lot more style you know and a little less substance you know set less substance definitely from blood and dust not just trying to get in the brown here with you but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, no. Do. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> <Chimio>! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think that's the least I could do. You revealed, I mean, you poured your heart out at what happened in that scenario. I had to be honest with you. Like, you know, um, it's, uh, it's, it, it's just very different. You're going for a universal building kind of larger scale feel, honestly. And there, it's, there seems to be a little smaller story. Like I said, Latour, Southern Bastards on that kind of vibe. And it's just very different from, from what you guys are, have already done way before they did. <laughs> you know and, and you know uh, it, it makes you wonder so I wonder what they did with our pitch that we sent to image like you know 10 years ago what, what did they do with that pitch did it make it to the trash wow. <laughs> never never a little like, joke please yeah. nobody think that please 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 like i said man these things happen please nobody think that i'm hating or anything else man yeah. This stuff happens, and you know, American Vampire, they could be saying, Oh, you know, no, these things happen. There's absolutely no, none of that. I cannot stress that enough. I am not the crazy conspiracy. They broke into my servers and they <laughs> took my script and then saved it for 10 years and turned it into this. No, it's fine. 
fucking retarded. I hear you, man. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. It's a great story. Thank you. <laughs> oh, right on, man. I, I thought you might dig that. It was just kind of a recent one, and we haven't told that to anybody. That's a new one. So nobody. Uh, you know, it was just, just such a goofy thing, man. It was such a weird crest of stuff to ride. And like I said, man, all I can yeah. hope is they. Oh, like, you know, it's just thrilling that Kirkman's reading it. You know what I mean? Like, if, if Todd McFarlane read my book on a freaking plane to, to Portland, dude, I am not a mad dude. I'm like, ah, yeah. I, 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 you owe me a lot more. I think I've read a lot more of yours. So, you know, keep reading these. Uh, yeah, that's a boy. That's get That'll get the blood pumping. You imagine. Yeah. Like Todd on a plane reading blood and dust like that. You're right, man. That's great. You're living the dream. That's that's fantastic, man. I love that you're <laughs> you're soaking it up and, and and enjoying the ride. And that's oh uh, yeah, totally, man. I, I tell you, that's exactly it, man. With these things, man, we're we do not even for a second take any of this for granted, man. I mean, the the, yeah. the fact that people dig it and the fact that um, it's happening is like totally crazy. And we're just like, okay, cool. Thanks, you everybody. Would you like a burger? Uh, <laughs> Another burger, please. We're having barbecue at my house. Everybody come. I'll make wow. pancakes. Uh, <laughs> would you like yeah, I'll time? be in line there. Well, Mike, thank you. Thank you. It's been great talking to you. Great to get to know you. I, I definitely look forward to meeting you in face to face in June. That'll be cool to see you out there. Oh, I can't wait, dude. Absolutely. But thank you. And uh, I'm a big supporter, big fan. And I'll keep a. Uh, I'll keep putting blood and dust into people's faces like I have been and get it out there and do what I can. Do my part. <laughs> I appreciate it. Spread the disease, baby. <laughs> you betcha. One, one fangly member at a time. We call them fanglies. There you, there you go. Family oh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> That's on the back page, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. the fangly page or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you can have it if you, if, if you like it. Whatever. <laughs> Sweet. I'll credit you. Nice. <laughs> well, thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you again soon, huh? All maybe right, I'll, I'll, be so bug- I'll be stalking, talking to you in September. Maybe get you back on and you know before the launch of uh, the next volume of Blood and Death in September. Love That's to have you awesome. on. All right, Mike. Thanks. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, Dan. All right. Take care. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Wow. That was fun. I mean, what an intense interview. <laughs> thanks again, Michael Martin, for being on the show. That It really means a lot to me. One that I is just will never forget. Absolutely unforgettable. Some great stories. Great man. And I know he's going to be a force to reckon with in the world of comic books so if you haven't got it issues number one through three of blood and dust are out there and volume one collected together is out there and on comiXology and at your local comic shops of course so go get blood and dust it's just amazing so if you know someone that's an independent comic book creator or you yourself are we want to shine some sunspots comics loving on you and support for all you struggling creators like myself and we want to do what we can to help get their comic books out there because it's not easy so if you are a writer artist colorist letter whatever just send your review work to one of us here hit us up on the instagram twitter facebook etc email us directly chris at sunspotscomics.com or justin at sunspotscomics.com and uh, we would love to help do our part and get your comic books out there because it's tough so on to our favorite part of the sunspots comics podcast which is our comic book reviews and recommendations where we pick our favorite comic books for new comic book day Wednesday, April 26th. And of course, Justin, ring the bell. Spoilerish alert. <laughs> ring. Yes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we really stay away from the last couple of pages. We only talk about a few of the interesting points here, so don't worry. We're not going to spoil every single part of it. So you can still go out, grab these comics, and buy them and enjoy them. We're really just trying to persuade you and inspiring you to buy these. So we don't really spoil them, but just in case. Semi spoiler ish. Alert! And if you want to see everything that we've been reading, that I'm all my favorite picks that go back from 
to May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Every single week I update it, simplify it, compact it. Just click on pull list to see all 148 titles I'm reading. And click click on top comic books of the week to see all of the past top picks. It's all there right at your fingertips. Super easy. Just check out sunspotscomics.com. And this week's art winner, Logan Fairbear. Farber? Farby? F-E-R-F-A-E-R-B-E-R. I'm so sorry, Logan. But for his comic book, Nam Wolf Number One, what did you think of his art, Justin, in Nam Wolf Number One? Uh, I th- I I loved it. I mean, it was it reminded me of a lot of that that uh, Rock Candy Mountain that we read a couple yes, days ago, totally. or a couple weeks ago, I guess. Maybe it's the um, same artist. We'll have to look that up. Logan Fairbairn. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to check that. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, it was it was really cartoony. Um, I I loved the fact that with the art. It blends with the story pretty well because it's not. Yes. Uh, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a very um, serious story. You know. Yeah. It's a little. It's a little outlandish. So the the art matches it very well. I loved it. It was. It was good stuff. Me too. It just. It definitely had this otherworldly feel, and it. it it goes pairs with it perfectly. I like how the main character has this sort of strange pointy nose. And I, yeah. was, I was glad that no one else had that, so it was like really easy to you tell, tell him apart. Yeah, you could tell it was him. Yeah. <laughs> very, very easily tell him apart from everyone else. So I was like, yes, that made it so much easier. And beautiful coloring in this. I mean, it's just gorgeous, realistic sort of looking. It has this sort of Archie kind of feel for me. I think he's done some Archie or done Jughead or something. But, you know, it's set in Vietnam. It's, you know, set in the 70s. And it has this orange, kind of orangey-brown burnt feel to it that gives it a very much of its time. And the way he does, like, eyes is very different. Have you seen how, like, they're all just kind of little specks, but at times there's, like, these close-ups. And then he really zooms yeah, in on yeah. the eyes. It's definitely very different. I thought that was, like, strange um, and unique about his art style. But uh, And the heads are also a little bigger. They, they seem just like yeah. a little larger, right? Disproportionate, yeah. I mean, it, it might be done on purpose. You never know. I think so. It gives it a strange kind of unique feel. But I don't know. It just really spoke to me. It's very different but beautiful at the same time and so well colored. And uh, you got to look at Logan Fairber's stuff. He's on Instagram too, by his name too, L-O-G-A-N-F-A-E-R-B-E-R. Uh, Nam Wolf number one was my art pick winner. Uh, you, what was your art pick winner this week? My art winner was Alina Aeroviva, 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 for Allies number three. Yes. That was just it's every time this this comic book comes out every month, it is my art winner. I yeah. I I, I it just it comes hand in hand. I don't know what it is, but um, it's it I just love it. It it's the I think for me it it just I don't know, speaks to the way I I would like to see a comic book be shown. Yes. I would say um, the faces are just, they're always spot on. Yeah. You can tell who everybody is. You can tell the difference between the people. Layouts are always done very creatively. Um, yes. Anytime there's like a, a big wide shot, I would say, or a big like, you know, landscape view, it's always been just ridiculously beautiful. Yeah. Um, Lots of colors. The color I should, I should mention the colorist's name. The colors are done by Victoria Vinogradova. Yes. Um, her Beautiful. colors just match with the art, art the art perfectly. Um, there is slight nudity in this one. <laughs> yeah, but barely, uh, you know. Barely. Um, Classy. There, there's a part in the book where there's smoke in a hallway. Yes, like they I set know off that like exact a smoke panel. bomb. It was beautiful 
Right. I mean, it's smoke. Like, you would never expect smoke to, I don't know, get that reaction out of somebody. That You know, but the smoke was just, it looked so perfect. Yeah. It was just awesome. They, You could tell there was some of that speckle painting that we all, we sort of like. Yes. Um, it was just beautiful. I, I loved it. Yeah, and and her storytelling is all in the eyes because it's so many oh, yeah. close-ups on the different emotions that are being go- you know that they're going through, uh, from the very sort of opening sequence of them casually kind of hanging out and and their looks there to where things get very intense very quickly. Uh, yes, this was my cover art winner of the week for sure, absolutely yeah. gorgeous cover. Right, you have that yeah. uh, Rodriguez character that's Jesse got like a, like a ski mask, uh, le- you know, glasses on and like this skull. Uh, you know, mask on the bottom, and it's just striking, right? And the beautiful reds, and like how uh, what is her name, Nika? Her her red yeah, hair is just almost just glowing, right? It looks you know, very painted. <laughs> you know, you just talked me into changing my art, my cover art winner. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, and I totally agree with you. Actually, um, yeah. stunning. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's beautiful. There, even like there's above Jesse Rodriguez's head, it's like a ceiling of wherever hospital they're keeping captured and it's like squares and it yeah. just like like it blends so perfectly it goes all the way down the hallway you could it, it, it's awesome yeah look at the very three-dimensional yes know? the symmetry too right the door is so perfectly open there's just yes. little accent of the doors on the edges and then framed in this red of all different sort of red tones yeah and she just comes out striking and she's holding on to like a wheelchair pushing nika out it's just it's storytelling, it's beautiful framework, and symmetrical, it's just gorgeous. And what was your, I'm curious though, what was your cover art winner originally, before I just talked you out of it? <laughs> it, it was um, Aliens Dead Orbit, the oh, cover for that. Um, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd have to look up, because I'd totally just put it away. Um, <laughs> oh, that was, uh, by the way, that was Patsy's cover pick. She was looking it over, and she glanced, and she's like, what are you, are you picking your covers? And she's like, oh, you got to give it to the aliens. That's <laughs> So that was her uh, cover pick. So that was your yeah, original it was, one? That was my original one. It was done by James uh, James Stocko. Stokko. 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 We're terrible with names. Um, Stokko, yeah, I guess, right? Yeah, okay. Stokko, yeah. It's, it's, there's uh, there's an O in there. So Stokko. Um, it was great. It, I mean, it, it just symbolizes what aliens to me is just straight up darkness and scariness yeah and i just it was it was great and but, then there was that strange bright one from jeff darrow where like the aliens climbing yeah, this rock like, surface like, oh, yeah that was a good one yeah and there's like a weird alien bot with like a like a fetus kind of driving yes. it like what jeff darrow yeah. is also just out there um, <laughs> but uh I, I love that odd cover from jeff darrow as well but um yeah yeah easily uh those two are there are our picks there for art winner of the weekend, and I uh, got you. Got to give it up to Alina Arofiva. Uh, just gorgeous, gorgeous art for allies, and uh, that's why I definitely cover pick. But it was almost my art winner too. It was like between Logan Farber and and Alina Arofiva, like both yeah. gorgeous, just great top stuff. notch. Every, like I said, every time Allies comes out, it's my art winner. I, it just it's beautiful. Yeah, it is excellent. And the breakdown: we bought 30, 29 comics this week. I actually had 27 and then two last-minute editions because, thankfully, I, I was able to get them. And 12 of them made it to the Great Ones pick list this week. That's less than 50%. We're always trying to be at least 50%. It didn't make it there. And new number ones, there were six new number ones, and three of them made it to the Great Ones list, which is excellent. 
So we will discuss those here in a second. So now let's get into the top comic book recommendations. This is the great ones of the greatest list coming right up here that we read for New Comic Book Day, April 26th. And you got to be a great one to make the list here. So let's break it into the con- countdown now. Coming in at number 12, Justin, what do we got? Got Spook House by Eric Powell. Yes. What did you think of Spook House? Uh, um, it was great. <laughs> I, it's um, it's it's so uh, out there. I, it's out there. <laughs> it's basically it's basically an anthology comic book, which I don't know how that works, but yeah. it's an anthology comic. So there's little short stories through one whole comic book. Yes. Um, so there, in this one, there's three. Uh, I think there's been more in like the past issue. There was like four. But um, they're done by different different writers and different artists too, which I think is awesome. So he's kind of getting a collective for all these short stories with different, you know, comic book artists and comic book writers. It's really cool. Um, they're all just not so crazy <laughs> stories, though. It's funny. And this is brought to you by Eric Powell, of course, who does Goon and Hillbilly. And this is his publishing house, Albatross Comics. And the first sequence was my favorite from the artist Steve Mannion. And he's done a bunch of stuff that I love. And I've had him autograph some things. And the name of it right now is escaping me, but it will come to me soon. But this sort of black and white, washed out, watercoloring little story called Old Granny's Pond was friggin' great. I mean, it was Swamp Monsters type thing, right? And they had this, like, this crazy Old Granny summer camp. Like, this witch monster woman was handing out flyers and strangely enough she had two kids two suckers families that just dropped them off at this insane <laughs> swamp summer camp right yeah the kid was, was having a, a fun time playing playing on his uh, you know nintendo and parents ripped them away and threw them at this spooky summer camp <laughs> I, I think it's kind of funny too they they throw i think on purpose they throw in little like um just like little red herrings and stuff like that oh yeah um so like when when the, this kid's parent, when Ben's parents um, tell him that he's going to the summer camp, their their eyes are like all wide and like lifeless. Yeah, they're like, like deers in the headlights, right? Yeah, and so like it's it's a total red herring, like <laughs> because like they're obviously like you're going to this this like uh, summer camp, Ben. <laughs> you will go there, like they're hypnotized. and you will have fun. Yes, <laughs> so that's that's all I kept picturing anytime I, I read their lines which is very few but it was it was fun and it gets so horribly spooky so horribly fast right the the crazy (laughs) witch lady was like i'll be right back i'm gonna throw these old fish out and then she's yelling to like piranhas or monsters or whatever's in the lake like come and get it like and then she's (laughs) handing the kids heavy stones to jump in the water (laughs) it's just like these kids are going along with it too they're like okay but I love how things get really spooky, really crazy, really fast, and then kind of wrap up rather quickly, and it's yeah. over, and you move on to the next one. What was your favorite of the three? Was it the first um, one, too? I, 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 I would say the second one was probably my favorite. Didn't that feel um, a lot like, um, gosh, what the, um, the name of the show is escaping me, but the Netflix show, uh, Stranger Things, right? Yeah, Didn't it yeah, feel like that? Yeah, um, that's exactly what it reminded me of. Um, What's the gist it of the was, second? Your favorite. The, se- the second part was, uh, it was basically these five, I think five kids are playing video games uh, <laughs> at home or in the snowy night. Um, and uh, they basically see a kid outside, like chasing a cat with like a stick, <laughs> like trying to beat this cat up. And little did they know when they go out there, 
that it's a copycat is what they call it. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> and, a cat uh, monster. It's like people that don't like cats, right? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I have nothing against cats, but, like, I prefer dogs. So this is this is kind of like, aha! You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Told you, cats um, are jerks. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag cats so, are jerks. Cats are jerks. <laughs> no, let's not hashtag that. We don't want to get anybody mad. Um, uh, there's nothing wrong with cats, people. If you like cats, you do you. You do you. I'll stick with my dogs. But uh, anyway, so the <laughs> so these kids go and try to stop this kid from beating this cat up with a stick. And then they realize that it's a copycat yeah. monster. Um, <laughs> and so basically what it does is it actually, whatever it eats or whatever it gets a taste of it actually morphs into or yeah it morphs into the the person that it is so it gets a taste of this kid one of their friends and then it like replaces him and they yeah. don't and he's like furry and like you know and uh it reminds me a lot of the one issue before there was a story like this with the hat remember that yeah the uh, kid with the hat it was so good and uh yeah so then it just all goes crazy downhill and it ends up with the house being burnt down. Yeah. And, like, there's no evidence. <laughs> so the parents are just like, my house! Like, yeah. They have that one kid that loves to play with matches when he's indoors. Or play yeah. with lighters, right? It's like... Yeah. But it, it's just... It made me smile through the whole thing. It's like Scooby-Doo monster fun, right? Definitely kind of an all-ages treatment, but a little on the edge of scary. I would say, like, 10 or above, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it says it's for kids, but it's... But, uh, I would disagree. <laughs> I'd say, like, you know, older kid, like, maybe 10 and above, right? If you're old enough to read, like, the old Goosebumps books, there then you, you could read this. Perfect. Well said. So Sweet. coming in at number 11 is from DC Comics Flash, issue number 21. This yes. is the button part two. Not the belly button, but the actual <laughs> button. So I was glad that this uh, – I wanted to read more, and it's with the, the DC biweekly – it's like this was the the next week after, but the button <laughs> came out number one last week. So here yeah. we were continuing off where uh, Batman, Batman gets 21. his butt kicked by the reverse flash. <laughs> and this picks up right from there, right? Oh, yeah. It, it's literally like maybe 10 minutes after that. Yeah, literally. But, yeah. Um, and it is like it shows some, some images of Batman like getting mad like you know getting recovered and whatnot and he just looks gruesome man like it's right. it's nuts and this is from joshua williams on writing and this is from howard porter on art and i liked at its core for me this was like fun forensic science study with the flash <laughs> and batman pairing up right i i really liked that aspect too that because because the flash uh you know Wal um not wally west um barry allen is a forensic scientist yeah you know so knowing that Batman is a detective and he does a lot of forensic science in his little investigations. So knowing that, like, it, it's kind of funny that the Barry, you know, Barry Allen, the flash is like, Oh yeah. Like that's what me and him get along with. That's what we chat about. Yeah. You know, there's like, a very warm like, moment. He has where he says the day, this is the flash talking, right? He said the day I joined the justice league was the first time in my life. I felt like I really had friends I could relate to, but whenever I talked forensics, everyone left the room. But you know, when I, when I talk, when he talks about forensics with Bruce, it was like they just nerded out over that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, and he like he could never get Bruce to stop, which is funny because you know you, you think Batman, you think a very monotone, short answered you know type right. person, and so, <laughs> and so, <laughs> thinking of what Batman nerds out about is kind of funny. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, Batman's got nerdy stuff. He he's a nerd about forensic science. You know, so. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say nerd. He's kind of, you know, he's very into it. You know, he's very, uh, yeah. I guess, intricate and very particular when it comes to his investigation. So that, you know, it ties into that. Um, so, yeah, it was just, uh, it was a great fun time with The Flash and uh, with Bruce. It was, and Bruce is injured, like I said, just badly yeah, his extremely body badly. is like band-aid covered and uh just from from head to toe but i like that they had this warm conversation too they were trying to open up to each other like i <laughs> i was really like distracted by that from what is the button what's happening right i was like oh wait they're having this warm conversation and it's it's a buddy buddy issue with with batman and flash and i also like the visual aspect that's kind of new with this artist when the flash leaves a room it's like this red ribbon and lightning bolt mixture yeah it, it gave it a cool very kinetic feel to him leaving the room <laughs> with this blur where effect where you're going with that, where you, where you were just saying, it leads me to my favorite line of the entire comic. Give it to me. And it basically says, it says, if Bruce had become a cop instead of Batman, he would have been great in an interrogation room. Yes. Like, that, that is, is my favorite line. line. That, that is my favorite line. line. Um, just because it shows, like, you know, Batman, <laughs> Batman's a badass in a way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and it shows, you know, prior to that, before that happens, before that line is said, um... Bruce kind of asks, like Barry, like, "Hey, man, what's up? You yeah, know, what's cracking? What's what's going on? Like, you <laughs> seem down, or you seem happy, or whatever. Oh, he's kind of happy because of the Reverse Flash dying. Um, so, yeah, it was it was. Uh, I I I, re I I disagree with your ranking on this. This should have been higher. <laughs> um, this really should have been higher because this was just awesome. It's a great buddy buddy cop like buddy cop story. Yes, yeah, it's oh, a great. buddy buddy superhero cop fun. There is time travel involved. The cosmic treadmills up in here, so be prepared for some time weirdness. We don't want to spoil, especially what happens at the, the very ending. end. Oh, oh my god! You got to see it. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to tell you what it is, but worth reading for just that. So get the Flash. It's been great. Get the button. Get on with the button. The belly button. The button stuff. <laughs> get in there, get it. The button's fantastic, and uh, I'm loving it. But coming in at number ten is Justin's art winner of the week. Week winner, my cover art of the week winner, Allies Three. Of course, this is say her name again. Alina Arofiva. I wish uh, she told me and reached out to me that she listens to the podcast, but her English is very bad. I want you to correct us if you're listening. Yeah, please, tell us actually. how to say your name right, <laughs> uh, and everyone on the team because they all seem like all very Russian, possibly. Yeah, yeah. So, Dosvidanya. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Allies number three. Give us the gist, Jables. Give us the Jables gist. <laughs> the Jables gist. Um, <laughs> That's the segment now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so basically, in this comic, it leaves off pretty much intercut in between issue two and three. So, at the end of issue two, uh, Jesse Rodriguez crashes through the ceiling of this facility. And uh, is is there basically to to save the crew that has been captured? Um, so she crashes in. It pretty much starts with that, but at the same time, it's like just a couple hours before. And you know, you got Jesse Rodriguez showering and trying to hit on um, one of the main characters. I forget his name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Johnny. I think yeah. Johnny. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah. And she's hitting on him. She's trying to have sex because she says like <laughs> she got you know showered. She's got fast food, and the only thing missing from being back in civilization <laughs> is hot sex. Right. Uh, and she just which... flat out asks the guy. She's like, ready? Like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no. And then she kind of calls him out as maybe he's gay, and he's. I love his little response. Like, what, I have to just I have to be gay to say no to you? 
Like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I was that's like, great. good for you, man. And you know what? This is the first time. You know how in um, I've told you before in The Walking Dead, sometimes it lacks hope. It lacks a little fun, a little break. This felt this opening s- sequence felt like that. A little, a little light. Yeah. She's like the sort of uh, comedy aspect of it, Miss Rodriguez. She's also a former bad guy, which I think is kind of kind of cool. We don't really know what she did, uh, but she, we know she was in hiding. Yeah. So. But she seems kind yeah. of fun. She's lighthearted here. Yeah. She's joined the she, group. She was my favorite character of this issue. Everyone's uh, so serious, and she's kind of not so serious. She's like, you know. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved her character. She was, she was the highlight of the issue for me, character-wise. Yeah. Um, so basically, after that whole thing, they they jump back to the rescue mission. Yes. And it is just action-packed, and Jesse Rodriguez is murking fools. She's just killing everybody. Yes. And and so the. I don't. Should I ruin what the plan is? I don't know if. No, but I'll say this: it is like this. It feels to me like this heist movie, right? It's like a heist, yeah. like a heist for humans. It's uh, a. Yeah. It's it's very much the setup. It's it's Ocean Six here. You know, it's like yeah. it's the setup. They all have sort of a a specialty, and they're teaming up together to <laughs> save their buddies. It's this human heist. It's a yeah. great way to describe it. That doesn't spoil it too much. You also learn. You also learn that the main bad guy, who we yeah. think is the bad guy, um, I think his name's Holt. His last name is Holt, yeah. and he owns like Holt Industries, sort of like right. a Lex Luthor type character. Um, you also learn that he might have like some electricity powers. Yes, he's and like, you're like, what? A headache, like, or is that just some some interesting art like describing that he's got a migraine? But his hands do spark, and you see his fingers pinching his temple, and they're like sparking around him. So you're like, yeah. okay, we're kicking it into another gear here because everything has been so very realistic so yeah. far. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, it all seems sort of like a spy movie type thing, you know? Yeah. So. The, I love the art in this breakout scene because oh, it, yeah. it they they like cut the power so like the emergency lights are on and it's like deep red like very yeah. deep almost blood red you know mm-hmm. and then the sprinklers go off and the sprinklers just add this like like oh man like this realistic like everybody's wet now it adds this like I don't know this it, it, to me it would make the art harder to do you know right and, and they pulled it, it just, off it, they pulled it off perfectly Alina Arrowfeva oh my god. Yeah, like it's she's just amazing. A powerhouse, and she's going to go places, and we're going to see her everywhere very soon. I believe. I mean, yes. even just the like you said about the smoke effect and the close up of her wearing the ski goggles, where there's yes. like a spectrum of light reflecting off of it because it's that cool like Oakley kind of ski goggle. Ski, it's yeah, just ski like, goggles. It looks so realistic and three dimensional, and then the fog, like you said, is that speckly look, and it just it really has weight to it and a feeling of realism in there. I love it. It was it was awesome. I I love this comic. This might be I think I said that last time. This might be one of my favorite books I've read, um, in a, in a while. It, it, I can't wait for issue four. Like yeah, I really a, I really love this. Such a delightful surprise, right? It's just yeah. great. And 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 of course coming from Bubble Comics, very small independent publisher, which I don't think they've done anything else. Uh, it seems like Bubble uh, publisher and Vault. Those two right now are really kind of coming out. They're really making a name for themselves. But yeah, definitely easy number 10. Your art winner pick, my cover art winner pick, Allies, issue number three. Get it. The heist for humans. <laughs> yes, great. Great James Bond field comic. Just pick it up, please. Absolutely. I can't hype this enough. I, I, if we got to – if you said they listen to the podcast, we got to get them on. Yeah, that would um, be great. I mean, I, I, she's told me she doesn't speak very good English, but we'll figure it out. We'll, uh, <laughs> we got to, we got to, I, I mean, I, I would really like to talk to them. Um, but it, it, yeah, we got to get them on somehow. Yeah. Um, what a team. What a team. Yeah. But coming stuff. to number nine is issue number nine 
of Black Road. Number nine of is the number nine. Uh, Black Road. And this is from Brian Wood. And this is art from art and cover from Gary Brown. And man, was this brutal? This was your ultimate hack and slash feel, right? Just just sword gore. I mean, he's in our main characters in this battle, and at the same time challenging his his quest for religion and, and faith and trying to find that bit of faith there's a, the perfect line yeah. for me is when he's fighting these people and he's like so can you tell me that if you win this battle and i die will i see my will i see my wife and the guy he's fighting is like f your whore wife yeah like, <laughs> you know like everyone keep and he keeps laying out those lines to them and they keep coming <laughs> back with these horrible things and then he, he just slaughters them yeah <laughs> And the way they um, close up, uh, he just slices a guy in this was, yeah. I mean, vicious, brutal. Yes. But uh, he, but he also tears, at the same time, you want him to, right? Yeah, definitely. Weren't they all asking Absolutely. for it? They're like just insulting him like crazy about his late wife, begging him to be slashed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, they're egging him on. Like, what do you expect? You know. Um, it reminded me a lot of that episode of Game of Thrones, the uh, oh, the duel the... episode with the mountain and yeah. I forget. Uh, oh my god! It reminded me a lot of that. Like he's the mountain. He just tore some some crazy guys up. Like he killed everybody. That's a great and, comparison. Um, like he reminds me of that he looks like he's an eight foot tall, three yeah. four hundred pound guy. Yeah. Um. But the 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 I guess the fallout after that whole little scuffle with these other like. I, I would say they're maybe crusade knights. Yeah. They kind of have that look. Um, everybody in the town that he's in, who he just murdered their high priest, you know, <laughs> just sort of like decides to rebel against everybody and burn down the church. And like, and like, it's nuts. Like he, he destroyed their faith with like killing a couple guys. And yeah, uh, this was the sword uh, that pierced Christ uh, uh, apparently. And so he, he also just sort of, mocks and uh challenges the their their catholic faith and saying like no magic happened here you know with this sword yeah you know that's brian wood definitely putting his his signature yeah. on his sort of maybe his sort of feelings on on religion etc like uh makes it very clear that he says you know this magic sword did nothing and it just and then they just rioted <laughs> you know <laughs> you're right they yeah just, it was awesome like... i love that <laughs> but this concludes next issue it's over the series oh, really? ending oh. is coming. Next issue, number ten, is it? Brian Wood is—he uh, definitely writes hard endings, and uh, and so I'm super excited to see where this goes. But our main character is back on the road again, hunting for that girl that he was with for a while, and she sort of backstab. You know, she she surprisingly, um, you know, double crossed him, and now she's just, he's decided to go after her, and that seems like that's where it's going to end. And he was initially trying to get her across the black road. But now he's more on a, a you know, hunt of, for to bring her down. <laughs> but yeah. I'm liking this. It's definitely that hack and slash feel, right? That heavy sword, that the that you know, the crusades and his sort of his sort of his exploration into questioning his own faith. That's what really is at its core, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, like I said, Game of Thrones feels very Game of Thrones to me. Yeah, if you like Game of Thrones, get Black Road. You'll enjoy it. Definitely. If you like Vikings, get Black Road. Yeah. Because Vikings has that religion aspect in it that I've I've always found interesting in that show. Um. So that, yeah, it, it's very like the, both of those shows. If they if those had you know a baby, this would be the comic. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Well said. 
And uh, coming in at number eight is Clean Room, issue number 18. This is from Vertigo Comics. This is written by Gail Simone. And this is art by Walter Giovanni. And you told me you were honest. This one kind of confused you a bit. And oh yeah, it it definitely did. Uh, I gave you a, a snapshot of the story. <laughs> yeah. Read what I told you, or, or do you? Oh man, or, I'd have to look or recite up. what I told you, if you will. <laughs> what did I tell you? The gist of this was essentially what you basically told me. Hold on, I'll read it. I'll read it out loud. I'll okay, read the text. Go for it. Um. Um. You said... And that was solely from just my brain. I didn't look up or use the internet to kind of come up with a snapshot of it. It was just how I felt of it. So go for it. Yeah, he he said, uh, Young woman can see these alien demons on Earth and writes a book that when you read it, you see the alien demons or go crazy and kill yourself. (laughs) She creates this clean room that is a a go-between to communicate to the aliens slash demons. She starts a secret cult and gathers important government-slash-military people to secretly battle this war against those very weird aliens-slash-demons. The issue you are about to read is the series ending. And, yeah. uh, I mean, that's a very descriptive, like, honestly, like, I thought I was ready to go, but I was not ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still just a lot more going on. So there's this main character, her boyfriend is a cop, he's going there to try to save her. The building where the clean room is is on fire. Um, this ends really, really well. It's a hard ending. That's all I'm going to tell you. But in that snapshot, this most definitely comes to an end. These alien demons have been on Earth for a super long time. And crazy, right, that she wrote a book that when people read it, they either have the ability to see the demons or they go crazy and kill themselves. So it's unlocking some sort of strange thing in their brain. We never really got to understand how she was able to make that book. But she does have this sort of psychic ability and can see the aliens just outright. And it reminds me of this movie called They Live, a John Carpenter oh. movie, movie, They Live, where they put on these glasses and then they see the with, alien demons. With Rowdy Rowdy Piper? Correct. Yes. One of my favorites. <laughs> I am here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And, all, and I am all out, out of, of bubble gum. gum. <laughs> That's right. It's a great movie, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's definitely an homage in a way to that movie because although she's the only one really with that ability for the most part. There's a small group of people that have read the book and didn't kill themselves. So this just comes to an end here. There's the clean room involved. There's this crazy sort of baby alien that is their leader, if you will. And I I like the mixture of alien demon. You're not really sure if it is just a demon or it is an alien. It's kind of, you know. I think they say demons in the comic. Um, But are they demons or are they just like aliens and we're perceiving them as demons? Like... There's always that weird mixture, you know, you could misperceive yeah. what these are if, if you're in the situation. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, they have an alien ship that she, these these government officials, military officials, that she commands to fire on it. And it is an alien ship that they're able to see. And so that crazy colonel that is in his on his command ship naked. <laughs> in a scarf, naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, strange. There's a lot of weird people in this. A lot of insane things that happen, but it's just, it was really a fun, action-packed, easy read from beginning to end. Yes, lots of questions, but 18 comics in a series and it's over? I mean, it's a great one to revisit. You should see those first yeah. five or six, Justin, if you haven't read I think them. I will go back. I'm gonna probably going to go back. Um, I will say that the ending... Um, after reading your synopsis kind of made made it went to fruition for me like Good. the ending the last page was really i would say maybe emotional for yeah. people who have been reading this this it book was. um i thought it was a very interesting way to like just end the the story that you know you, you get this 
I wouldn't even really say it's a resolution. Yeah. You know, it's it's sort of a, a stagnation. You know, it's sort of like, okay, like, here you go. And yeah. that's it. And, and I thought that was good. I, I loved that aspect. Yeah, it, it was definitely Vertigo-esque feel to it, which is this, you know, oddity, sort of strange, you know, alien takeover sort of thing. But I, I really enjoyed it. I recommend it. Go back. They're going to collect it. I've already read there's going to be a, a just a complete uh, 18 omnibus made hardcover and softcover. So grab Unfall... Um, I mean... Um, uh, grab this clean room. It's been it's been great, and it's it kind of I'm sad to see it go. Like I get excited when I saw it on the list every time, and it was consistent, like a monthly, perfectly on time. So I will miss clean room, but uh, definitely the number eight pick of the week is clean room number eighteen. The series end fantastic though. So coming in at number seven, Justin, tell us what number seven is. Detective Comics number nine hundred and fifty five. Nine. Um, the League this, of Shadows. Yeah, this was phenomenal. Uh, again, I sort of disagree with your ranking on this. <laughs> um, uh, this was just, I would say, heavily action. Yes. With an action emotional, winner. yeah, with a, with an emotional, um, I guess, deep seated root that y- y- you can't really get over because in this book, um, <clears throat> for the most part, it is set. I, I would say it was set mostly for orphan Cassandra Kane. Um, where you sort of get her side of the story, you know, you get why she's so lost, um, and, and, and sort of how you, you can relate to her in this way that her mother abandoned her yeah. and, and, um, you sort of learn a little bit more character motivation, a lot of character building for this. You, you sort of learn, you learn a lot about her and I thought that was just beautiful. <coughs> um, excuse me. <coughs> Well, Cassandra Kane is is my favorite uh, Bat Group character Bat besides Girl. Batman. And uh, yeah. do, you, do you remember the uh, when I used to read Batgirl and I used to tell you the origin of her? And I think it's important to sort of brief for me to briefly tell. I mean, she was raised in this basically a, a dark dungeon with her her father that was this assassin that did not teach her language. He he taught her uh, body language only and fighting styles. That was it. Like, he didn't teach her to speak. So she, living in this, like, you know, lack of senses in this dark cave, she was able, she was taught just body language. So she can kind of, like, psychically read bodies before you're going to do things. And is this amazing killing machine. When she was, like, five years old, they took her out of this cave and sent her to kill this mob boss. And she killed him at five with no hesitation. And so she, her, she's had to learn to not kill because she can kill people rather quickly and easily. She knows where these vital points are and various arteries and nerve endings, etc. And she sees them in her mind as like these little dots. So it's like she's had to unlearn what she has learned and learn not to kill people. And it's isolated her because of her lack of communication, her lack of language. Yeah. There's some awesome fight panels in this. There's some yes. pages that there's one page. I wouldn't say it's a double page spread because there's panels in it. But you have to turn the book sideways. Yes. And it is just gruesome. Yeah. So many uh, tiny little panels and blood everywhere, right? And yeah. I thought at first, though, that she was killing everyone. But she wasn't. Yeah. Right. I thought, too. I thought that, too. But she was injuring them. She was mostly injuring them. Um, but, yeah, she kicked the crap out of, like, yeah. I don't know, hundreds of ninjas. Hundreds, I would say. Batman has and, said that he would lose fighting to her. And he, it's one of the only people he's ever said that to. Like, he hopes he never has to fight or he will lose. He said that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it was nuts. And then the ending, I can't, I don't want to spoil it. No. The ending, the ending got me. It, oh. oh, yeah. It, well, we it can was... say this. She was sort of stalking this ballerina, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they finally had a conversation and met, and it was awkward, but it was very warm. And it sort of, it reminded me of that, that, uh, that Rocky and, you know, that, that Rocky talk that he gets from his wife. And that, you know, yeah. she says, okay, you know, go fight. You can now. go fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it was that, right? That yeah, it was beautiful. That was that was great. And it was, it, I thought Andrew. it was kind of funny. It was from this, like, random, random ballerina chick, you know, like, no fa- no familial ties. No, it wasn't Batman. I thought it would have been better if it was Batman. It would have made that just a little bit juicier, you know? Sure. Like, they just um, met. It was like a stranger talking to her yeah. for the first time. But it was, it was, it was very like that. Motivational. She, she... She snapped out of her little funk real quick and and picked up and went and saved the Bat family by herself, single-handedly. Yeah. It was awesome. It was great. Right. And uh, the ending, right? Uh, You know, she uh, will will say questions. Does she win? Uh, Is she overrun? What happens? You know, will the the Bat family's tied up? Are they going to be able to make it to her? Like, it's just a great action-packed comic right here. Extremely good. Get. Loved it. Get it, get Detective Batman. It's fantastic. This is the story of of Batgirl slash Orphan slash Cassandra Kane. It's really her the focus. It's it's just about her, right? It's called Batman, but he's barely it, in it. Well, it's de- yeah, Detective <laughs> Comics, right? Yeah. But uh, man, this just a winner from DC. Thank you so much for doing it. And uh, coming in next at uh, number six is uh, my artist winner of the week Nam Wolf number one this is from Albatross Funny Books the best name in comic book publishing uh, brought to you by Mr. Eric Powell of course of Hillbilly and the Goon and this is artist uh, Logan Fairbearer and writer Fabian Rangel Jr. and what about this cover right? yeah it was nuts uh, it, it, it looks like uh, I would say it almost reminds me of the the creatures from Bone the rat creatures from Bone yeah. The shape of the head, at least. And then inside, you get a soldier holding the gun in what looks like a, a woods. Yeah. Um, in Nam. Yeah, in, in Nam. Um, <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of the book. You know, in the beginning, uh, you have Spencer, and his dad is talking to his name's Spencer, his last name's Spencer, mm-hmm. is talking to our main character. And uh, he uh, he basically tells him, like, you know, open this when, when you feel like, or when, when the time is right. And he's like, how do I know the time is right? And he does that you'll cliche, <laughs> the cliche movie line. You'll know when it's time. And it's like, no, I won't. No, like, I always want to say that. Like, no, I won't. Just tell me when. Yeah. Tell me what's tell in me, it. Is it. Do I open it Thursday at 4 p.m. on exactly. the 5th of June? Um, Just tell me. But one of my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the book is, is after that little scene, it jumps to Vietnam. And yeah. in the top right, on the top left corner, it goes the Nam, <laughs> the Nam, or the Nam, right. yeah, the Nam. <laughs> I was, I thought that was hysterical. It was great. Yeah, it wasn't too serious. It was kind of a, you know, uh, you know, a fun treatment of the Vietnam War. It wasn't such a, you know, a statement type of situation. It was kind of glamorizing that war in a little bit of a way, right? And it was yeah. character based, laying out these those typical sort of Vietnam buddies that are hanging out with you that are going to go to war with you and and die by your side, and they all have kind of cool nicknames and names, and there's Killer Joe, right? And yeah. Burnout, there's Radio Burnout. Jones. Burnout yeah. <laughs> Geronimo, which also looks like the guy from Game of Thrones. Looks like Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Geronimo. And I love the little ensemble cast, and of course, Spencer's a little different. 
He's a werewolf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I loved uh, the timing of it, of course. Don't want to say what happens, but it wasn't like they were just sitting around a campfire drinking a beer and then he turns into a werewolf. It's like it was in the it was in the stuff of Nam. It was happening, right? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought that, was, like, it couldn't have been more perfect timing. Yeah. Like, it was great. It was like a, it was set in the 70s, of course, so it had this very much, like, monster movie feel, yet mixed yeah. in Vietnam. Like, if this was a movie... Like, it would be great. Right? It would be the greatest. Because <laughs> these characters they develop, and there's like the peace loving guy with the John Lennon glasses on. Oh and... my god, it was great. I loved him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's Vietnam. Not all of them, uh, you know, make it through it. So you gotta, you gotta <laughs> tune into this. The art is so unique and strange, and Spencer has this weird little pointy nose, and the eyes are a little strange. They're almost like just zero um, white. There's no iris, right? It's just black pupil. Yeah, it's basically like, uh, like, like, almost like buttons. Like if you've seen Coraline. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> kind of like that. It's yeah. missing the four holes, but yeah, it's like a. Yeah. It's like actually like a like a bear's right, just a black like a great white yeah. eye. Yeah. But still, with the facial emotions that the artist does, it still it yeah. sells it. You know exactly what emotions being given here, which most of the time it's they're scared and angry and running around and yelling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but what happens when a werewolf's in Vietnam? As it, you know, it isn't just easily mow everyone down. There's a bad guy that also has uh, something they might get mixed into with that's a little supernatural. And so oh, yeah. I'm in. This is on the pull list. I added it. It's <laughs> it's uh, phenomenal. The art was gorgeous. Uh, it also goes with that Watchmen-like nine-panel style for a little bit here. Yes, yeah. It moves the story along really well. And when he morphs into the werewolf, it's just beautiful, right, and gory at the yes. same time. But uh, I just thought it was fun, it made me feel good, and it just was this great 70s war movie with Vietnam and a werewolf. I mean, what else, yeah. what else do you need? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. And uh, coming in at number five, then, give us number five, Jables. Uh, it, number five was Batman slash Shadow. Ba- Batman Shadow? Um, yes. Yeah, so this was... Uh, this is a new, new title. Comic. Yep, new title. Yeah, number Scott one. Snyder and Steve Orlando on writing, and Riley Rossmo, which I love when he does Batman on art. Right? What did you, you think of the art, Riley Rossmo? It was it was awesome. There, uh, I, I when we were talking before we started recording, um, I literally told you a part where I was like, was I had a hard time figuring out that that was Batman, yeah. and you're all exactly. And I was <laughs> yes. like, wait, what? And he's like, he's in a disguise. You didn't know it was Batman, and I was like, oh. Like, and I'm like, yeah, that that happens a lot. It's great to see that again. And you even said, like, what era is this in? You know, because the shadow. Yeah. And there's a reason. I'll give you a little background on the shadow. The shadow made his first appearance in 1930 on the radio. I figured. I figured. Okay. Yeah, written, uh, created by Walter B. Gibson. And his first appearance in print was a, it was a comic book in April 1st, 1931. So wow. oh quite gosh. a long yeah. time ago. But yeah, so, so the shadow's been around forever. But yes. My question to you was then: Was it set in the past? Because no, they mention because they mention uh, stuff that happened in the '60s, and these people are still alive, and they're older. So yeah. it's like, how are I don't know? I just thought yeah, maybe it didn't quite age them enough. But you know, in DC Comics too, time right is you <laughs> just have to and how people Never age about you just have to let that go, like I did years ago. But um, I love this opening sequence where there is this guy in Arkham Asylum handing that out. That bumped me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know we want to, but he's handing out very specific, like like items to make the prisoners happy, 
you know, very much like, a, you know, these warm and fuzzy family foods and little prizes and whatnot, like a prisoner um, librarian handing out, uh, you know, books. But yeah. there were more specific items to the prisoners there. And yeah. he's like so well loved and respected. I mean, he gives uh, something to um, Poison Ivy. That's very specific to her. Deep fried tarantulas. Yeah. Right. Like, I'll tell. I'll tell you what, man. It takes a lot of. Uh, it takes a lot of cojones to be respected by supervillains, you know. Yeah. So, and they respected him. You know, they they all appreciated what he was doing, and it was it was, it was it was fun to see that a regular guy can get that from supervillains supervillains in Arkham. Right. But then. He yeah, well, gets <laughs> but when he sees Harvey, like that was my favorite one because he sees Two Face, Harvey Dent, and he says, "Hey, I couldn't bring you the whiskey, but I brought you." A... And he's like, "The why the hell are you here?" He's like yelling at him. He's like, "But I brought you a stadium dog from the Knights game today." And he's like, "Send it through." <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, "He's like, fine, yeah, I want that too. Thanks." You know, he's just like <laughs> yelling at him, and uh, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, he, he, and, and even the art, right when he drops that. Uh, Sort of chow mein with shrimp, like he just yeah. lovingly spent. Riley Rossmo spent all this time on chow mein. This, uh, this chow mein hit the ground, right? Yeah, it, that was like, that was great. And this dog detail. in a wheelchair, like a dog where its hind legs don't work and it's yeah. in like a wheelchair. That was so. I was so heartbroken when this happened. It was for a regular guy. Like that sucked. That it's like sucks. watching the beginning of like a movie. Yeah, with and his dog with a wheelchair. Get, and, uh. Yeah. You get invested in these little small characters, and you realize that that's not the main character after they die. And you're just like, oh, like great, okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> what, a, what a switch. You thought, okay, this character's in it for the long haul. Mm, not so much. But what a tone it set here, right? Yeah. And then the shadow comes bursting through the door. Batman is there to sort of fight, but they're like, why are we fighting? And the, the shadow has the, the basically the murder weapon in his hand, but the shadow's supposed to be a good guy. Uh, his powers are different from what I remember, the Shadow. Yeah. But I'm all in. He's mysterious. They don't answer it. Uh, Batman's in a disguise. They gadgetize him. They re-gadgetize him, right? I've been sort of, it's like they heard me. Um, you know, they're like, oh, yeah. stop complaining about no gadgets for Batman. It's coming. Well, here it <laughs> is. Like, they, they finally give him more gadgets, x-ray machines, uh, the forensics technology, and CSI holograms all around him. I was like, yes, we got Batman with some gadgets. <laughs> yes. It was great. There was a part I, I thought that was kind of funny too, where, when he headbutts this concierge guy, and he's <laughs> yeah. got a disguise on, and his mustache flies off his fake mustache. <laughs> I thought that was great. Well, yeah, that was great, and we I miss seeing Batman Bruce in in disguise. It was great, but uh, was I'm fun. in. Added to the pull list for sure. This is Batman Shadow issue number one. Riley Rossmo, gorgeous art. Scott Snyder and um, Orlando Jones just doing it i love it i'm in it's on the pull list so get that batman shadow coming to number four it's the end of the series end of unfollow issue number 18 this is boy from... what an ending what it was oh my gosh yeah writer rob williams <laughs> artist mike dowling but uh man the uh sort of weird social experiment of the creator of uh twitter ultimately that says he's going to give his billions to 140 people and they all kill each themselves. They they're just climbing over each other to kill each other. It was crazy, yeah. and this is like the final four here. It's like uh, well, in, the last in this issue, people. yeah, in this issue, they're they're more fighting to get away from him, you know, because yeah. he's he's got a bunch of mercenaries after them, and um, basically, um, the main character I forget his name right now, um, the guy with the sister. Oh yeah. man, it's gonna kill me. Um, he uh, he has the mask on now. Right. He's got the, the 
the gold mask on and he's like ready to tear some crap up. He's gonna kill some fools. And um he uh he basically sort of saves the day. Now, this guy saw a leopard that spoke to him already, so something was off with him. But yeah, he's he's a little trippy. Yeah. You realize maybe this strange Mayan war mask is actually like a magical item, right? Yeah, it, it, that was a, a very reoccurring thought for me. Like, what yeah. the hell is going on? Is this really <laughs> happening, or is everybody just crazy? I didn't get it. But yeah, no, very much uh, a couple of the characters, the last four. I mean, there was this fifth character was this Japanese guy that sort of sacrificed himself and became this sort of religious deity. But um, yeah, this this comes down to this social experiment and the, the woman that really she was not a very liked character at the beginning. She was reminded me of this uh, thinner, blonde sort of Kim Kardashian, if you will. She was like a, a famous socialite, you know? And now she's sort of very much through all of this, this this hardship of all this murder surrounding her and trying to stay alive has become sort of a, a whole normal sort of person and actually it, it has become decent. That's kind of been the real journey of this comic is seeing her character develop and change uh, into this a douche, like you say, <laughs> into like a regular the human being. The real douche. But now she's like a regular human being and then you have the, the leopard talker. And this yeah. all goes down in a fantastic, spectacular way, in a way that's oh, also um, ironic in ways, which I don't want to spoil yeah. <laughs> as to what happens here. But it is, to me, ultimately, this didn't feel as a hard of an ending as Clean Room in a series finale, if you will. Uh, well, there's room for sequel. Right? That's all we'll um, say. Yeah. There's, uh, so it's not as hard of an ending, if you will. It just seems like uh, <laughs> it's open for interpretation. You can definitely take the ending a few different ways, right? Yep. The ending definitely uh, will make you sort of question a few things, but it's that kind of it ending. It's, not, <laughs> it's an ambiguous ending, honestly, uh, in ways. Um, it, yeah, to, to, a, to a point. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say to a point, because there is a, there is, I, I wouldn't say resolution, but there is a final act that is supposed to be the, like the catalyst it's done, but then they sort of soften the blow with like, the last page, right? I, I would say. So, where we're going from here? Is he going to do a part two? Uh, who knows? <laughs> right. Or if this is just going to be the way it ends, and you maybe you read it again, and you'll sort of reinterpret the ending in a different way. That's kind of what I want to well, do. I want to read. I them started rereading this actually because I'm oh, actually good. a couple issues behind. I'm only on like five or six. Oh, and good. In the beginning, oh man, I can't say it without spoiling it because it's right there. Yeah. It. Yeah, in yeah, the beginning, yeah. in the first issue, it's right there. Yes. And this... I didn't know that until I like was like, oh! Uh, yeah, so... I know what you're saying. This very much feels like it would be a great read from beginning to end in one sitting. Right? Yeah, like 18 a trade, issues. trade omnibus type thing, yeah. I, I really want to revisit it. So I know they're going to collect it. They've already said that too. Softbound, hardbound, omnibus, it's coming. It does feel like a hard end. I, I've been, I was searching to see if they were going to continue it. Uh, there's nothing out there yep so unfollow looks like it does the series does end here but check it out grab it it's super super good and like i said social experiment about uh billions being given to 140 people selected uh from the creator of quote unquote sort of twitter like facebook thing but yep. uh super super good but here we go now coming into the top three tables here we go what is number three tell us aliens dead orbit by james stoke and you, Stoko. Stoko. And this was your cover winner until Stoko. I talked you out of it? 
yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was the cover. It, well, yeah, I the guess third it one was my cover winner. It was just dark. It was, yeah, my, it was my second place cover winner because you are persuasive. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my power of persuasion. But James Stoko <laughs> does the story, the art, and the lettering. It's from uh, Dark Horse Comics. It's a number one. They don't. I, I can't find out yet if this is ongoing. If it's just a mini of six. I'm feeling it's like it's going to be a mini of six. I got, but yeah, I got a feeling it's gonna it's gonna be a short short mini series. I think so. But man, what a great! There's a space station here that's falling apart, floating above this planet, and there's like one guy left on this space station. Yeah, that was that was sort of my only complaint about the book. Um, there was a lot of flashbacks. I'm not a big fan of flashbacks when it comes to comic books. Um, so it was a little like, oh come on. But at the same time, it it really built on the story. Yes. When you're when you're reading these flashbacks, so I I, I sort of gave it a pass, um, just just because you it, it sets the precedent for the rest of the book. We're gonna be getting yes. a lot more flashbacks, and I don't know if I'm gonna like that per se, um, but I did like it in this instance. It was really good. Um, the characters that are introduced, obviously, there's only one guy left in the non-flashback time frame. Right. So what happened to them? Obviously, something happened. So that, that was the only sort of thing. Like it, it left nothing up to, for imagination. They're not there. So something happened. Yeah, um, it's like Star Wars. That's sort of prequel, the reason right? why I didn't like the flashback. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Star Wars yeah. prequel. There's no he's by himself. Uh, and then the flashback is with all yeah. these people. But um, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like if you watched Empire, the last scene of Empire, <laughs> you know where Darth says, "No, I am your father," and Luke freaks out. And then right after that scene, you just eject the DVD. And put in episode one in a menace and <laughs> get thrown into that. And you're like, oh, okay, like I get it. Yes. Like that's comparison. sort of how it felt to me. Yeah, um, so you are like, okay, well, now we'll see the journey of these people dying. But there's like a bazillion lines <laughs> in this, right? I mean, the art there is insane. There was a insane. lot of reading. Yeah. The, also, the, the, yeah, just um, the amount of lines. Look at just the, the, the yeah, oh, attention yeah, to detail. Yeah. The next one's going to come out in like 2019 or something. It probably took me <laughs> forever to do this. but You know, um, um, I recently actually watched alien and aliens nice. and this is like almost picture perfect to what their ships look like right the insides where it just looks dirty and used and like like i wouldn't want to live in these you know that, oh, that's yeah. sort of how it felt and um the suits are very of that movie so yeah. they he's obviously taken taken visual cues and stuff um it, it was good I, I i thought the art wise wasn't my favorite of this week um but it was it was good. It had very very good detail. The um, yes, I, I I was a little overly critical on it. I guess I could say because um, alien the other aliens book is really good right now. Yeah. Um, and so defiance. Yeah. So it was, I was a little critical as far as that goes. But it, other than that, other than that one complaint with the flashbacks, everything was real good. Yeah, this was uh, nice. I mean, it very much felt in the vein of H.R. Geiger here, from the look yes. and the feel. Especially, you know, you just saw those recently. But um, I like this. It's this ex you know, this team of explorers. They they branch off from their spaceship to see this floating ship. It's all kind of you know where it's going when it comes to aliens. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's their first time seeing this alien. They have no idea what it is, and there's some people in cryogenesis, and so. What's going to happen to them? And that's what a critical scene for me is when they attempt to break them out of, of their cryogenic chamber and all that goes bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Really bad. And they come bad. out looking like muscle monsters. Like they're, oh. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. their skin's all melted off. That was a seller for me. I was like, ooh, I'm in. And uh, this also kind of goes along with that. They don't necessarily have to show you the alien to be frightened. 
very much like Alien 1, right? Like, you don't really see the alien much. Oh, yeah. It's just building this it, tension. It's maybe in two panels in this yeah. comic. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it... There was like a, there was a scene where like he thought it was an alien, but it wasn't. That was and great. I thought that was that was creative. That was real fun. Yes, and and then even like for us, we we're like, oh, here we go, and like, oh no, that's just the uh, yeah. way the <laughs> the wall panel looks like almost like an alien. But I'm in. It built some yep. great tension. Uh, there were a lot of just quiet, <laughs> non-verbal moments, and there were some close-ups in the eyes, just like that deer in the headlights look. And um, I'm all in. It was all very purple. Yeah. Did you notice that? Everything was kind of very purple. Yeah. Various shades Black, of purple. Purples, yeah. And I love that yeah. living in that hue. It just gave this sort of artificial light kind of feel to it. The claustrophobic feel. And yeah. tons of art lines. James Stokoe, uh, top-notch artist. Beautiful, gorgeous. But coming in at number two is from Valiant Comics. And this was a big winner for us when number one came out. This is Exo Man of War issue number two. And we loved issue number one, right? Oh yeah, that was that was a great issue. Um, this From just Matt feeds Kent, off by of the that. way. Sorry, art, uh, writer Matt Kent and artist Tomas Giorello, which was our art winner pick of the week last week or when this came out a month ago. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, um, but it was uh, this this just fed right off of issue one. It yeah. it was just right right after the, the I guess right after issue one it picks up um, and. It was uh, it was fun. I, I yeah. had a lot of good a lot of I had good times with this. This was more of a he's taken he's taken a group of of these resistance fighters res, army yeah. I guess and he's taken them to do this mission and uh, he, he's sort of uh, being disobeying orders. Yeah, he's sort of being um, he's sort of being thrown into this too. Yeah, you know he's a human on this foreign planet and they're making him this leader of this group. And uh, you can obviously tell there's problems with leadership in there, and 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 yeah. and uh, the the captain of the the whatever that sent him on this mission is is maybe not a very good leader. No, um, remember the 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 front line weren't given weapons; yeah. they're just meat yeah. shields. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's more of that here, and uh, I love this opening gorgeous sequence, right, of him standing on the edge of this cliff, and there's like the moon and three or two moons in the background of this planet Gorin and it's just like this purple dark sky and it's just gorgeous uh, art you have to give hats off to artist yeah. Tomas Giorello here but I love that he sort of defies the orders of the primary commander and uh, instead of going one way goes another way and it really sort of for a second uh, gives the team this sort of uneasy feeling, but they realize he's like a man of worth and and they respect him and they follow him. And uh, they're taking kind of the back way in and these fight scenes, right, with these aliens, but they're like aliens mixed with Vikings, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like zombie um, Viking aliens. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there was a scene, the final sort of fight in this yeah. was awesome. He's getting his ass handed to him, yes. you know? And then he finally sort of uses the Man of War suit. Right. And you're just kind of like, oh, yes. Like, here we yes. go. <laughs> and boy, they're only tickling us with a feather with the exosuit. Like, we really are only getting yeah. little aspects of it. He sort of he makes a lightsaber sword, right? Yeah, he doesn't want to use it. You can tell right. he doesn't want to use it. But he's sort of, like, half using it. Right. When it when he needs to. Which I thought is cool. Like, it, it limits the character to, like, make things a little bit more difficult. Makes it a little bit more fun, you know? Yeah. I, I like. I like the. It was it's really good. It's a ton of fun. It's gorgeously colored and lit, and it's just science fiction, otherworldly, action-packed. Like I said, Viking, 
zombie sort of alien monsters that they're fighting and uh it's just gorgeous and fun and it's just uh, this should be made into a movie or a tv series i just i just feel like it would be so appropriate i i think it might <laughs> it's yeah. probably probably up there in the running it's got to be in works uh anyway exo man of war solid solid pick i was super excited for one issue one and this is number two has been top notch and coming in, though, at number one, here we go. This is the numero uno, the winner of the week for me. And uh, I had a ton of fun with this. This is from Albatross, Funny Books, Hillbilly. It's the third book yeah. on our list from Albatross. Pretty crazy. Nam Wolf and uh, this and the other one was uh, Spook House. So this yes. one is Hillbilly, issue number six. This is from Eric Powell. He did the art, the writing, and everything on it. And people forget about the art of Eric Powell here. He has this watercoloring style. It reminds me a lot of Harrow County in a way. Yeah. And it's in this very sort of grayed out, washed sort of monotone-like coloring scheme that to me is just gorgeous. It's very much in this sort of washed out color swamp kind of look. But Hillbilly's yeah. been captured here, and we see this alien slash dragon beast with like a, a village on its back. And I was like, this sets an interesting, crazy, weird tone. What did you think of Hillbilly? How, what's your feeling on this? Um, well, going back on the art, what you said about the art, um, it is very, I thought, Bone-esque. Um, yes. So like, because like, I, when I first started reading Bone, it was still black and white. Mm -hmm. They hadn't changed it to color yet. And so this had that monotone, very black and white, almost black and white um, feel to it. But there is color in this. It's very... It's very... Subtle. Um, Subtle, yeah, and so it reminded me a lot of that, and I thought it was real fun. Um, it it picks up a little slow for me, mm -hmm. uh, just a little bit slow because I, I, this is obviously the first issue that I've read of this. Oh, um, you should go back. Should definitely I, go back. I'm definitely going to go back because this issue grabbed me. Yes, and 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 you you it's basically a flashback episode, in a in a sense. Yep. Um, which uh, flashbacks. Uh, um, but yeah. the, since this is the first issue that I've read of the series i didn't mind it it was it was real good um there is a awesome bear in this yeah that was and at its core this is where my heart was is how i fell in love with it is hillbilly has a pet bear i want to say her name was margaret oh uh, I, I think it was something like that i'll look it up totally right wrong. now but <laughs> i just want to say she had like a regular name like that her name was margaret but he um, he's telling us he's captured. Ultimately, Hillbilly is captured, and this man tells him to give a message to his wife, and that he's sorry that he sort of had an affair. He knows he's going to die, right? And he's like, yeah. "But I, I just want to tell if you could if you could find her and if you live, tell her that you know that I'm sorry." And that was like a heart wrenching moment that I was like, "Oh wow!" He's like meeting his maker yeah. here. He's dying, and he's kind of like you know. He's confessing his sins and, and to a total stranger and tells Hillbilly the story. So Hillbilly opens up to him and tells him the story of the... Lucille. The, Lucille. Is that her name? Lucille? That's the name of the bear, Lucille. Oh, well, I thought it was Margaret, but oh well. Lucille. That's better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And that he opens up and that, that's the like the true love of his life. Like the one woman in his life he really does love is this this female bear that's his companion. He's Yeah, he's like, he's like, like deeply rooted friends with this yeah. bear. He, uh, so he runs into this bear looking for this serpent that he's supposed to kill. Um, right. And in this in this bear, horrendously gory, yeah. scary cave. Yeah, and uh, so the bear is actually there, trapped. He can't find it. She can't find her way out. She's lost. And 
Yeah, and she she says to Hillbilly, um, like I'm gonna eat you. Basically, you're the you're the first thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I'm hungry. And he like he like he says nope, and like knocks her down and traps her. Yeah. And and then she sort of like begs like just kill me like I can't die like this. Yeah, the water yeah. rises like in where she was trapped. Yeah. Like, just don't let me drown and die slow. Just please have mercy and finish me. And and he goes down there and says like I I don't find mercy in killing animals. So if if I free you, you have to promise me that you won't eat me. Yeah. And he frees her, and she actually from there becomes a really good friend of his, and it's just a beautiful beautiful friendship, and he ends up helping her out with something and yeah. in return she ends up helping yeah well said in the present well said by not spoiling very good and also i like that his devil's cleaver right which is this strange this hell knife that he has the devil's cleaver yeah. he tests it on her to see if she is of evil nature and <laughs> tells uh, tells lucille to put, put her paw, paw. And so he even tests her that way, and then they start building this trust, and they have this great, this camaraderie, this loving friendship that builds from that, and it got me. I mean, even got me yeah. misty-eyed at a couple of scenes. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Well said. It was and, cute. Yeah, I, w- I would say it was cute in an otherwise non-cute story. Right. Yeah. And it uh, it it just gave me hope. It filled me with a, a you know feeling of this camaraderie and friendship and warmth. And uh, it made me just like you know I wish I had like a bear that was a you know a <laughs> you know, pet that you could talk to. Of course, the bear talks. Yeah. <laughs> if you could talk to your pet, that'd be the greatest thing of all time. You know? Oh, can you imagine? But, but they just have this this relationship and this they have each other's back and it's a great because you see this bear throughout all the the issues and they don't really give the origin so i was actually glad to see the origin of the bear here and why it's hillbilly's you know best friend but um just great it was easily my number one pick eric powell just seek out his work it's gorgeous it's glorious from hillbilly to the goon and uh, even his work on spook house does all the covers but uh there you go there it is jable there it is that was it was a great week yeah. um this was uh, this was a little bit more of a challenging week for me, like getting through everything. We, we were a little bit more in a rush this week for me, um, but I'm so glad I read everything. Yeah, it was so good. Glad. I know you had some season series ends, that stuff you hadn't necessarily read yeah. back to, but thanks for sticking in there, and I, I, it was worth it, right? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. There's definitely. some new comic books that I'm, some new storylines that I have to go back and read, which is always kind of cool. And I think that's my one of my favorite aspects of being on the podcast um, and oh, reading, reading stuff that I might not have read unless you know i was here and so i think that's that's you know it's fun i I, I get to check out stuff that i would not check out by myself so thank you actually Uh, you're welcome and that's the whole idea of the podcast we hope you listeners too find some of these and enjoy them and read them and enrich your life they're they're really the best of the best like i said i read you know we read 29 comics and these were the 12 best so uh go get them seek them out those are our 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 great list, the comic book recommendations for you for New Comic Book Day, April 26th. Please go to a local comic book shop and tell them Chris and Justin from Sunspots Comics sent you and buy those immediately. Just trust us. You'll be super happy. And uh, please follow us, like I said, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Sunspots Comics. If you have a, you maybe want a personal recommendation or you have a comment or questions, just email us both directly, chris at sunspotscomics.com or justin at sunspotscomics.com. 
Yeah, and if we read your email on the show, we'll send you a free comic book prize as a thank you. Please sign up for our newsletter on SouthBotsComics.com slash contact. And next week, issue number 105, I'm reading 15 comics with five new number ones, so only 20, Justin. A little smaller. All right. <laughs> for May Shit. 3rd. I'll be there. Yeah, for May 3rd. New number ones, uh, like I said, five new number ones are coming out. And here is some awesome stuff coming out next week for Podcast 105. Just a teeny little glimpse really quick. Walking Dead, 167. Superman 22. Uh, Seven to Eternity, issue number six. Pestilence number one is actually officially coming out. Uh, we've already read that and discussed it, but it's uh, it's coming out next week. And uh, Iron Fist number three, Justin, coming yes, out next week. I love that book right now. That is yes. great. And uh, another Batman, The Button. Issue three, yes. the buttons come out. It's like it's right. weekly, right? Yeah, that's that's might get annoying after a while. <laughs> <laughs> you get used to it. I've been in like yeah. twenty nine weeks already in a row, but uh, <laughs> right. it's going to be an amazing week of new comic books. So please just subscribe and listen in. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, you want to help us out, just please subscribe and go to iTunes. Give us a positive review with five stars, and we'll personally thank you right here and read your your recommendation on the podcast. So, any last words, there, Jables? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've said it all. We've said enough. And and of course leave you with the wise words of Peter Parker's Uncle Ben with great power comes great responsibility and we all have that power within us. So be like water my friends. We'll see you next week. See you later Justin. All right, pops. All right, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next issue. Thanks again. Bye.